Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Not much. Up early this morning, early on a on a Monday morning, because I got two weeks left before I have to go back to work. What time is it? Enjoying the, it is six fifty four, six fifty four a.m. on Monday morning. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what to do with that information. Yeah, it's I good. woke up. I'm telling I, you, if I woke you, up at like eight thirty. If I can it's recommend great. anything for anyone, if they want an improvement into the, in the, into their life, into how they spend their time, right? Those people who go, man, I'm always so busy. I never have time for anything. Become a morning person. I, when do you I, go to I've sleep? Always, I've always been a morning person. I'll, I'll get to that. I've always been a morning person. Right? And I learned in New York, right? In New York City. Everyone goes, New York never sleeps, right? Which is generally true. I found New York sleeps between like 6.30 and 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> You can get anything you want in New York. Like the trains are empty. Like whether it's people who partied the night before or they get home probably around 4.35 or so. And maybe they go get some food that, that turns at about 5.30. And then all the, the regular human beings have to go to work and have kids and stuff normally leave the house around 7.38. So I think if you, the perfect window in New York, if you want to go to, I went to Times Square when it was empty. It was like six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> You stand there and be like, wow, this place is empty at six on a Sunday. It's dead. There's nobody here. No spider And then the tours start to come out at like 7.38. So yeah, there's a perfect window. I used to get everything done. I got my grocery shopping. I got my laundry. I like I got everything done in a two-hour window in New York, basically between the hours of like 5.36 until about 7.38. It was great. So if you want improvement to your life on this new year, if you want a New Year's resolution, become a morning person. Now, what time do I go to sleep? When I was younger, I only needed about four hours of sleep. So I'd probably go to sleep around midnight or so and wake up about five. I'm getting older. <laughs> so now so now I go to sleep around 9, 30, 10. It's great. Oh, Nothing happens no, that's why you wake o'clock. up so early. But what happens after getting... 10 o'clock though? But, but like, what's the difference between being up at 10 o'clock and being up at five? What's the difference? What are you doing well, at 10 p.m. that you can't do at 5 p.m.? Depending on the night, I might be playing hockey at 10 or 11.30 at night. <laughs> yeah, which again, which is fine. But I'm saying the times that if you do want to wake up early, what's the difference? For those people going, oh, well, I want to stay up and do what? Stay up and watch TV. Yeah, if you're not going out and hanging out with people and doing things like that, I get it. There's no difference. Like if you're just alone or up, if you're just awake, that's it. Yeah, if you're just awake watching TV, then yeah, you could do that in the morning, especially now with streaming. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can actually do that in the morning and use it to then launch the rest of your day, right? So you can get up, take a shower, get a decent breakfast, and then by the time everyone else wakes up, you're ready to go. You've already been up. Yeah. So, little, 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 little pro tip. I had a taste of it. I had a taste of it when I went to Barcelona and then Lithuania because when I came back, there was like about two weeks where I was waking up at 6 a.m. and I was up. I was yeah. awake. Wide awake. And especially when you're traveling as well. Like being able to wake. I mean, we wake up pretty early when we travel. Um, but being able to like experience a city like that early in the morning is great. Like that's generally for me when you get the best of anywhere. It's when it's the safest. It's when normally the, the hardest working people are out. So that's how you actually get to talk to people who are like setting up their shops and, you know, who are, who are making the freshest food. All that stuff happens at like six o'clock in the morning 
once you get to eight, nine, it's 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 regular life. You know, jerks come out uh, with their bad kids, and you know, it gets it turns to a uh, mess. I'd argue that we had our best times in Japan at night, though. Oh no! Again, the most fun, but the most productive. Oh, sure. Happens early yeah. in the morning. I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking about productivity. I'm not talking about productivity. Fun. Having yeah. fun okay. is, is sure you can have fun anytime, but yeah, in the middle of the night is when you have the most fun. Most people have the most fun. Yeah. But for me, if you want to like, if you're making New Year's resolution, you say, "I, I want to read a book every day," or "I want to do ridiculous. this or do that." Become a morning person; it all becomes easier. Yeah, there's a lot of times where I, I'll set my alarm clock, thinking, "Yeah, six o'clock, and I'm going to be up." But I always set two alarms. And maybe that's the problem because that snooze button, it's great. Yeah. And yeah, again, I, I, I struggle. Tend to struggle also, is real. Now that I'm working from home, I don't even have an alarm clock most of the time. Wow. I wake up naturally about 536. Hmm. And wide awake, wide awake. <laughs> so. Now, how much of this is a cat like jumping on your face, waking you up? No, cat's not allowed. Cat stays no? outside. No, because I'm allergic. Wow. Oh, cat's outside. It's outdoor cat. No, no, no. Cat's outside of the outside of the, the bedroom. Oh, cat I see. Cat sleeps. Got it. Cat sleeps outside. Okay. Cat's not allowed in the bedroom. Okay. You know, they like, wake up coughing and hacking up. So right. It's, uh, Got it. And then, so you put on your hazmat suit, then you walk out, and you can walk around the rest of the house. Well, again, I've, I've, I've over time, my allergies have, are not as serious, but yeah, when you're right. asleep, it's a little rough, so... Somebody once told me that you could that somebody came into her bar and told her that you can uh, get electroshock. That this guy was saying that she'd get like electroshock therapy for allergies, and she tried it, and that was the last time I saw her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't need electro. Just you know, take an She's still alive. To yeah, be clear. is she okay? She didn't die. But there is there is never a follow up conversation about that. This wasn't a friend of mine. It was just like a random, random bartender. Yeah. All right. Well, geez. <laughs> yeah. So you should look that up. Maybe you give that a try. Some random I think guy. I'm, like, I, I think I'm good. We'll shock, I'm gonna need an electro. We'll shock yeah. the sniffles out of you. You ever think about that? Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think I need electroshock therapy. I think I'll be fine. What if that was an sniffles. option? What if that was a solution? You know, I, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about this, so we'll just jump right into it. What if they said, like, hey, we got a solution. It's not a shot for COVID, but it's electroshock. We could electroshock immunity into you. Do you think anti-vaxxers would have a problem with that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, anti-vaxxers. I, I, don't, I don't know. Because the, the, the class of anti-vaxxers, so it's, it's the most interesting thing about this pandemic. We like were if talk I came up with this bullshit bit. solution, right? Yeah. And, I had, and I got on Joe Rogan's show, and I was like, yeah, we have this way that we could just like – you know how you like are all about your kettlebells? Well, this is like kettlebells for your lungs. And what we're doing is like we're driving electricity in there to kind of like train and strengthen those muscles so that when it does take on COVID, it like doesn't stand a chance. Anything like I, I could outside this, right? of taking the shot, I think is open because people, and we talked about this before, I think people just don't like being told what to do. And look, to be honest with you, I'm one of those people. It was a difficult child because I don't like being told what to do. Like, if yep. you find a way to convince me that, like, this is my own idea, I'll do almost anything. <laughs> but when you tell me you have to do this, no, you have to do this. Why? You just do it. You have to. 
there's I would say there's half of there's half of America specifically as a country because this, this I think this exists everywhere. I think this is a human nature thing where there's a certain section of humans in America I would say has the most of these people who just flatly don't want to be told what to do, even if it 100% will save their life, make them rich, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They don't like being told what to do, period. doesn't matter what it is. And that's, that's where we are now, where if they, find, if they find this electrical shock therapy by someone saying, hey, you should really check this out, but you know, do, do your own research. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just, I'm just allowing you to think. People will look into it. And some people will totally do it because they're going, I'm not going to do, you know, oh, this is better than the government mandated shot that they're making me take. I'm going to electively choose to put on a put on basically like an executioner's cap and get electrocuted because <laughs> they told me that it's going to allow me to. I mean, that's that's human. How many people do stupid things mostly because they don't like being told what to do? This goes across everything, every single thing yeah, right now. Don't, people are saying don't it's, jump off the waterfall. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm going to. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. Why? Well, why not? Why can't I? For oh, is this dangerous? I for the is gram. it dangerous? What do you mean it's dangerous? I don't believe you. I'm gonna go talk to somebody else. You talk to the guy. He goes, "Hey, bro, I jumped off the waterfall. It's, t- it's a ton of fun." And you will get half of the country that goes, "Well, that guy said it's fun, and you told me not to do it, so now I want to do it." Yeah, it happens for everything. It's happening with financial markets. It's happening with health. It's happening with diet and food. Right, the carnivore diet. P- doctor, oh, you shouldn't. Don't you should do this. The government tells you to eat this way. And people go, well, no. And this guy goes, hey, look, man, if you just eat steak all day, look at me, I'm ripped. Yeah. He's like, okay, I want to do what this guy's doing. He's just eating steak, not what the government tells me to do. So it's people in authority telling you what to do in general. I think people will do anything if, if it's just not to follow the government rule. The government did America's, come up with that pyramid. The food pyramid was pretty fucking stupid. That yeah, had, but then they uh, got rid of it, like, right? Eat, something different eat now. Eat mostly bread. How long was that? Yeah, but how long was that there before they were like, this was wrong? 50 years, right? Yeah. Like, it's not even, I think the food pyramid has been replaced by something. Yeah, there's like a new one now. Healthy yeah, something eating else. pyramid. Okay, so the USDA food pyramid was created in 1992. Um, or sorry, the first pyramid was published in Sweden in 1974. In 1992, pyramid introduced by the United States Department of Agriculture. <laughs> Which again, why is the USDA telling me how to eat? Right? They've capitalism. got a vested interest. Yeah, they've got a that's vested capitalism. interest in making yeah. sure that I eat all the grain that they mill year after year after year. Oh my God. The first one was six to oh my God. This this is insane. <laughs> the first thing was at the bottom bread, cereal, rice, and pasta groups, six to eleven servings. Then vegetable groups, three to five, food group, two to four, milk, yogurt, cheese, two to three, meat, poultry, dry beans, two to three, fats, oils, and sweets used sparingly. I like how they just kind of rolled all that into to one there. Yeah. You know, it's real funny about fat and oil and stuff, right? Like, remember before there was a craze and everything was fat-free? Yep. Fat-free salads, fat-free, fat-free, fat-free. They replaced the fat with sugar. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a horrible idea. It's horrible, right? Like, sure. Should you be should you be pouring butter down your throat? No, but should you be replacing butter with pounds of sugar? I don't. I don't know. I think a decent mix. So now, what the U.S. the USDA does, right? So they've gotten rid of pyramids in general. Right? They had they had a new pyramid from 2005 to 2011 called My Pyramid, that was instead of having the pyramid in slices along the bottom, it was just very it was long horizontal lines from the top oh that's an right? official so thing i'm like look yes. at it that's real yeah my pyramid oh, right my pyramid right so they change it into a, like grains and vegetables and fruits and those like graphic design those graphic designers need to be put on a list that is 
That is so bad. <laughs> that was 2005 to 2011. Now, oh, boy. what it is, if you're on the Wikipedia page, scroll down to the bottom, right? It's this my plate thing. They basically yep. have a plate and they show you your plate should look like this, right? This section should be vegetables. This section should be fruits. This section should be grain. This section should be protein with a glass of dairy on the side. Like, what else you put on the side? Glass, That's right? really bizarre. It's like this ambiguous disc of dairy. Yes. So, yeah, like, that's, you know, and it's, this is why people just, and should you not trust the government? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm a contrarian by nature. It's why this podcast works because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm able to argue the other side of anything. Um, I generally think that the that the government as an entity wants to do what's best for us, but that individuals in the government get in the way of that, right? We're all flawed. We're all able to be persuaded by money and, and access and all those things we're able to be persuaded by. But I think in general, yeah. the government is trying to tell you, look, we, we want you to, you staying alive is good for us. It allows for you to pay more taxes and make more money and create a society. Right. But people in the government have their own vested interest of what's of what they need as well in order to keep not only, you know, to do what they want to for their constituencies, but to also keep their jobs and continue their wealth. Right. We all kind of yeah. want the same thing. How can I avoid traffic and keep my helicopter? And yeah, pretty check. much. Or, you know, how can I keep my special access to this? Or how can I get a job after all this ends where I can end up at a venture capital firm? Or how do I make sure that all the farmers in Wyoming keep electing me? I go fight for this thing. Whether I believe it or not, I fight on the behalf of the people underneath me. And I would say most good politicians do that. But that also comes across as in like, well, are we doing the best, what's best for everybody? And the problem is this whole COVID thing, at least I'm talking America here. And look, New Zealand as well, just more people buy into the government stuff in New Zealand. It's like 92% vaccinated rate right now. That's where we are. We're 92% double vaccinated. Wow, that's amazing. Which, which is which is nuts compared to America's. What are we, have you guys even reached fifty percent? I'll tell you what it is. Uh, I think it's, it's like forty seven, right? Oh, it's sixty. Okay, so it's getting up there. But for a long time, it was like forty five. Okay, so we are at so at least one dose seventy four point eight percent. So we'll call it seventy five percent. Fully vaccinated sixty two point five. Right, with so it's boosters, getting up there. It's going up twenty two point six. But that's what I mean, right? It's taken some people a year to finally realize. Oh, maybe I should get this thing, right? People trust experiences. They they trust people that they know. They trust talking to friends and family more than they trust Joe Biden or Jacinda Ardern or anybody else sitting there telling you, you have to get this for the good of the community. Most people go, well, I'm not worried about the good of the community. I'm worried about the good of me and my family. And that puts people in a real tricky spot. So yeah, that's where things are. It's the most interesting thing to me about where we've gone with this thing. Because now I think most people in the states, and I'll ask you this: you guys have just decided you're going to get COVID. It's just what what flavor of COVID you get, and to make sure that you don't die of it. Look, I, I'm amazed I have not gotten it in the last three weeks, and it's still it, very you know possible what, though, that but I will I, get it in the next three weeks. Yeah, but 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 I I think you I think you were one of the first people to have it. I really do. Yeah, but that immunity is not going to last. It's not going to last for two years unless you think OG COVID was the strongest of it, and then that immunity just sticks with me forever. Because, yeah, that thought's crossed my mind as well. Um, but I had, but then in that case, I should have given it to you. I should have given it to your parents and your sister. <laughs> yeah, so well, I was sick get, for Did they get day. incredibly, yeah. did they get incredibly uh, sick after, I think my mom got uh, after Christmas last year? I think she got incredibly sick after or Christmas of 2019. Yeah, I think 2019, she did. Yeah. yeah, so she might have had it. Um, well, then I, yeah, I, 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 I think, 
I think a lot of people have had it and didn't really know. And now we're reaching the point where everyone's like, okay, you know enough people who've had it if you live in America. You just do. Whether it's yeah. secondhand or firsthand with family members and people, right? And now it's like, okay, wait, they got the worst of it. So if you're vaccinated, right, the chances are you can still contract the virus. You can still spread it. But the chances of you dying when you're vaccinated go down like 90 some percent. Yeah. Or the chance of you being hospitalized, rather, not even dying, just being hospitalized. Like you said, like 90% of the people who are in the hospitals right now are people who are unvaccinated. Right. So, yeah. at some point, right, you're thinking, oh, look, I got the vaccine. I'll get the booster when it comes out. I'm doing my part, but now I'm going to go do stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm going exactly. to go have lunch. I'm going to go to mm-hmm. movies. I'm going to go play hockey. I'm going to do the things I want to do, knowing that the risk of me catching COVID 19 is high, but the risk of me dying is low. I'm going to support the economy. That's what I need to do. Because the economy economy comes first. Let's support (laughs) the economy. Oh, boy. Even though they're telling you, ooh, the economy's going to to be in trouble. They've been telling us that for two years. The economy, people, you know, Amazon's made more money than it's ever had in the last two years. Well, yeah, that's how I'm supporting the economy. I'm ordering stuff on Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. From home. (laughs) Exactly. From home. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so New Zealand's entering entering an interesting spot because we're doing what we normally do, which is watch everyone else get Omicron as we're sitting here going, hmm, at some point this is going to hit us, right? (laughs) And it's like listening to the news when they like talk to someone with COVID, it's like, oh, you've got the plague. And it's like, you guys realize, right, this is we're we're all going to deal with this soon, right? Because you you can't keep lock, you can't lock down Auckland for another 120 days. That's the last time you're going to do that. It's not going to happen. Like the, our biggest city basically was in a level four lockdown, which means no rest. Nothing is open. You can go to the grocery store and that's it. They yeah. did that for like for like 90 days. It's like these yeah. people are going crazy. And it's like you, you can't. Like you've reached the point where you cannot lock down our biggest city that's got a million and like 1.2 million people in it and tell them they got to yeah. stay inside for months. Like that's just we're done. Like you can't do that anymore. The yeah. the elimination strategy failed and it's not New Zealand's fault why it failed. It failed because the rest of the world is moving on and we can't just kind of sit here on this island and decide well we're just going to close ourselves off until you guys finish it off. And it's like you're not going to finish it off. You guys are going to keep letting this thing mutate until it dies. Yeah, if the goal is zero, cool. But it's not. And the goal I don't think Ever could have I been think it, zero. I mean, I think it was. It was here in New, in New Zealand. The goal was zero, and we hit it. The goal right? was we zero in New goal. Zealand. Yeah. yeah, but at this point, now that you have vaccinations, it's just like the same way that you're not going to have zero flu. You're not going to have yes. zero cold. You're not going to have zero people getting hit by cars. Yeah, it's all it's all in the same stew. Their yes. life comes with risk, and if and honestly, it's a shitty thing to say, but if a f- fraction of a fraction of a percent of people suffer the worst of it for various random things that happen. That's how life works. I'm sorry to say well, the risk. Well, the risk has been minimized and that was the point. Right? Exactly. Before that's what we I'm saying. At this zero, point, yeah. yeah. So again, that's when the risk was high. You take drastic measures when the risk is high, when the risk gets lower, then it's safer to take risks. That's what, like you said, that's with anything that's getting in your car, right? Like the risk was high at first when we've had model T's, the risk is now lower with safety things and et cetera. More and more people are driving, you know, in places where they need to drive. Even though I, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true. I think more people are taking Ubers. But in, in places like New Zealand, right? I think New Zealand owns like there's like four million cars on the road in New Zealand. There's only five million people. <laughs> that's including kids, like people who can't drive. 
Wow. So it's like, it's crazy, right? So it's like, yeah, like, is it dangerous? People die every year on the roads. People die. 16 people died on the over the holidays, over car accidents, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, yeah, but people still drive. They still drive every day. And it's like, at some point, you're right. Like, life has to, you want to minimize the risk, but getting rid of risk entirely, it sometimes isn't possible. Like, it's not going to yeah. be, it's not possible. So Now, you said before that you're a contrarian. Mm-hmm. There was there was a guy once at GameStop when I worked there, and he said that I was. Um, he said that I was very negative. I always I'm always very contrary to to the opinions, and then I just realized I think that that guy just had shitty opinions. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say, yeah. for you, yeah. is you you take a little longer to catch on to new ideas. I feel like you form an opinion and you're pretty solid in that opinion. Mm-hmm. But to change your mind on an opinion takes a lot of work. And look, mm-hmm. I, I would say you're not, this isn't, this isn't like some unique trait to you. I'd say most people are this way. And I think that comes across as negative when you're not as open of being like, hey, here's this brand new crazy thing. And your first response is normally, oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. And so that's why wait. it normally comes across as negative. And I'm just saying in, I, in general for stuff. Like you'll try new – there's certain things you'll try new food. You'll mm-hmm. try new consumable things. Yeah, new tech. But when it comes to thing, general right? ideas mm-hmm. of how the world works, it takes it's you It's about away. NFTs. It's about NFTs. No, you just talk no, about it's NFTs. About every, it's about everything. <laughs> it's, it's, about, it's even about like the cancel culture stuff of like why mm, that's important. Sure. Like, it's, like you're just like, well, that's dumb. You should be able to say what you want and people should stop being so sensitive. And it's like, yeah, but what about this new idea? Well, that's dumb. And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, what about this? Like, it takes a while, but then eventually you come around. If if you really are interested and you do a bit of your own homework, you'll come around. But yeah, it's it's a I would, and people are like that on the other end of things as well. Like ben, on I, the, I just you know I just try to see I just try to see both sides. And do if you one know? side is <laughs> and if one side is stupid, I'll call it out. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, where was, I'm, that, I'm that a dude, that dude was yeah. a bit of a nut. This guy, this guy yeah. was a bit of a nut. He was a, he was a Buddhist. Uh, he okay, was, he was yeah. a, he was like not a, not that, not a Buddhist. Sorry, let me explain. He was not a because Buddhists aren't dumb. It's a religion, right? It's, well, it's not a religion. It's a philosophy. Whatever it is, yes. fine. If you're Buddhist, I, I don't have any problems with you. <laughs> he was, but he said he was a Buddhist monk. Mm-hmm. He was working, and he was working at a GameStop. Yeah, <laughs> hey, in in Buffalo, monks got monks got to make money too. It was just. Odd. I actually don't think monks have to make money. I think the whole point of being a monk is you, you do. Yeah, you work don't have everything. The... Yeah, to be working at a yeah. store that sells goods is, is very anti-Buddhist, right? But then again, there's those Buddhists in New York that hand you the cards and they're like, "No, give me five bucks." It's like, well, wait a minute, that's not how this works. Yeah, well, that's. Right? I think that's. I think that's different, right? Because like some of those, like some of the Hari Krishnas and stuff, are a little different. I it's think different. they're all kind okay. of wrapped and similar. But yeah, like Buddhism is a it's a religion or philosophy. It's both. Right. So some people can be Buddhist. They can have Buddhist. I would say we I probably have Buddhist, you know, f- philosophical thoughts and teachings and the way I move around with my life. But I, I would say I'm not a Buddhist. I don't belong to the put to the religion of Buddhism. But yeah, I think to be a monk, I think you actually have to like go to a monastery. And like live there and do things for them. Like you dedicate your service to the monastery. I think it's called a monastery um, or temple. You yeah. go there and you dedicate your life, right? You get rid of all your worldly possessions 
and you dedicate your service to people who want to come in and, and experience this. I don't think you work at GameStop. <laughs> did you ever did you ever think about becoming a, a Buddhist full in? A monk? Just going all in. But no, no, not a monk. Just like leaning into the to Buddhism itself, being like, yeah, you know, I thought, you guys got some decent ideas. It's, uh, no, because I don't. I, again, I, I'm I'm a bit of a contrarian. I think there's flaws in every religion. I think they're all they're all rooted in in similar things, which is the funny thing about religion, right? I think if you look at the best parts of every religion, they're all kind of the same. It's like be nice to each other, and help each other out, and you know, um, you know, give give back. You know, That's the, the idea about, of, extre- about the extremist parts of it's most the extreme, religions. It's extremism. Which are extremism like, be nice stuff. to everybody, like, but I'm going to beat the shit out of you until you understand. Yeah, it's like, be nice to everyone, but those who aren't born like us are damned to hell forever. So don't be like them. It's like, well, mm-hmm. wait a minute. That that doesn't work. And then on the other side, it's like, oh, be nice to be nice to everybody, but yourself, the minute you make a sin, you got to really be, you got to be really hard on yourself so that way God can show you his love. Like that's the that's the Catholicism side of that. Where like if you look at Catholic doctrine, like man, like there's some real self, some real masochism in there. Of like you know you should probably be ni- be a little nicer to yourself, be a little easier on yourself instead of everything is fire and brimstone and hell if you don't do this or if you do these things. Like that's not going to win either. So yeah, I would say if you could probably put all the best of every religion together and make a new religion called like hey let's be nice to each other and and go through life trying to be happy. That's the religion I'm part of at this point. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, those, you know, some of the poorest places with some of this, what we would consider the strangest religions have been some of the nicest people in the world to me. Yeah. I'm looking at this guy's Facebook feed, just seeing uh, what what's going on. What's does he going have on the, this guy's Does life? he have the, the towel symbol tattooed on his body somewhere? I don't think so, but he's posting things like this. If you uh, if you realize how powerful your thoughts are, you would never think a negative thought. Ooh, look that's, at that! That's deep. Yeah. Then it is deep. right after that, it says Zoom monks tonight at eight. Silent oh, meditation followed meetings. by followed by Dharma talk and discussion. Maybe this guy legitimately is a Buddhist. And then he said, and then he has uh, just a meme, which is cutting bell peppers and adding googly eyes is bound to heal your soul a little. Give it a try. And then it's a bunch of pictures of bell peppers with googly eyes. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> See, look at this. I, I feel like you gave your friend a hard time here. He was just trying to f- figure out his no, life. Man, it's fine. I'm just saying. I he he called me a contrarian. It said I was negative, and I was like, no, man, fuck you. <laughs> <sighs> there's not a, there's nothing negative about me. You're negative. <laughs> Nice guy, though. Never, you know, yeah. I'm not. We're having fun here, but yeah, there's just you know some people. I got along with most people. There's one guy. You do. You get so along much. with most people, but I would say in general, you're 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 not as you're not as accepting as other people, and some people are too accepting, right? Like there's both. They're both too much of anything is a bad thing. So the people who are overly accepting of everything that they that they're told or that they hear is not good. The people who are are the opposite, where they you know they don't really accept anything unless it's their own decision, tend to miss out on opportunities. So you need to kind of you need to kind of have a bit of a both. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. All right. Speaking of accepting, let's uh, let's talk about some some nuts some crazy people here. So I, we got two stories here for the news. All right, I got story about some Canadians, and I got a story about I don't know where the hell this person's from, but farts. <laughs> oh, have we not talked about that? 
No, we have not, but we're okay. gonna. <laughs> I've, I've I've talked about that outside of this podcast. I, I think we were Great. just off a couple of weeks when this was happening, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was early it, this it, week. It crosses over into a couple of my worlds as well. <laughs> so yeah, this this story was three days ago. So it, it's been ongoing, been... though. It's been ongoing. Yeah. it's an ongoing story. Okay, there's a yeah. I guess the latest uh, evolution of it has uh, is what made the news. Yes. It's like it was the headline itself is a journey. So you want to start there, and then we talk. Yeah, about let's the start there. Just 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 because I know enough about this, and it crosses over into the ninety day fiance world as well. <laughs> okay, so I I had a, a New York Post article teed up for this, and then I started scrolling. I'm like, whoa, this is way too long. And uh, so I got an Entertainment Tonight article. Here's the headline: Ninety Day Fiance's Stephanie Matto. Mato, Mato, doesn't matter. Stop doesn't selling matter. farts after experiencing serious health issues. So when you talk about it's a like evolving thing, yeah. I guess if you knew she was selling farts to begin with, then you knew this yep. was a thing. Yes. But the fact people, that she people knew before that she was selling farts in a jar, I believe so is what she, it's called. So just learning today that she's stopping selling farts in a jar, that <laughs> explains a lot because now you're getting the full story of all sorts of things. All right, here we go. Yes. Let's get into this. 90 Day Fiance star Stephanie Matto went viral when she shared a TikTok that she's made over $100,000 selling her farts in a jar, but the unusual business landed her in the hospital. In an interview with the content sourcing agency Jam Press via the New York Post, Stephanie, who's starring on the current season of 90 Day The Single Life, I guess that explains how those are, those are some of the went. shows I don't watch. She started on what was it before the 90 days where she traveled. Okay. Now, again, I can explain to you, right? This girl is a fraud, first of all. Right. So she comes on this show and she's like, oh, you know, I've, you know, after, well, hang on a second. After, so let me, let me yeah. just read this first it. paragraph. And then we'll do that. So, yep. okay. And is also known for a failed relationship with her ex Erica. And she is no longer selling Farks after experiencing a heart attack scare. Uh, her health problems were caused by eating too much gas inducing foods like protein shakes and beans. Okay. I just wanted to get the line out about her failed relationship. So go ahead. Okay. And then we'll, continue. so that's the thing, right? This girl comes on this show. And she talks about how she's, oh, you know, she's got all these, these these open ideas of sexuality, and she's really coming into herself, and she's kind of decided now that she's by. I believe she said she was bisexual. Mm-hmm. She's like, I've had relationships with men, and this didn't work, so I'm so I'm bisexual, and I've been talking to this girl from Australia, and we've started a relationship, and you know, we we both have the same type of, um, you know, openness about sexuality and wanting to experience new things, and yada yada yada, right? So it's sort of one of these new. I would say she she became woke. When she first gets on the show, she's like, I'm a YouTuber. And I had this, you know, I've had all these health oh. problems, right? So she explains, I've had all these health problems. And, you know, this is my last chance to find love. So she flies over to Australia. And the Australian girl, who I, I believe was was gay. I'm looking at And her she was like, okay, right. I met this girl online. And she had all these awesome traits of things I think I'm missing here. She was from somewhere like in the middle of nowhere, Australia. And she's like, yes, yeah. so like, and you know, I've got my group of friends who are, you know, it's it's more alternative, different colored hairstyles and all of that stuff. It's kind of what you would would expect of just young people who are trying to express themselves in a in a in a less traditional way, and especially in places like the middle of nowhere, Australia. And I think this girl's from Connecticut. Um, Erica, American girl. Erica loves anime, probably. Yeah. By so so, at her so again, it's one of these. You kind of know the person I'm talking about. They're everywhere. This is kind of the new generation of people who. Are very wrong with loving of, anime. It's fine. There's nothing wrong it's with fine. loving anime or playing a million anime games, but never actually watching any anime. Nothing wrong with either. That's of true. 
Yep. Exactly. So this girl, Stephanie, comes over to Australia. And the minute she gets there, like, her attitude completely changed. Like, Uh this girl, Erica's like, hey, I've been waiting to see you. Like, can we show any type of affection or any type of love? And she's like, no. And it's like, okay, great. They try to start doing stuff together. And, like, they did this, like, this this sculpting class where you kind of shape your partner's body. And of course, the Stephanie girl is like, "Oh well, you know, I just think this is super inappropriate, and this is something I." And the the Eric girl is like, "Well, wait a minute, you said all these things about how open you are about sexuality and and femininity and all this stuff, and you come over here and you're a completely different person. Like, this isn't the person that I talked to online." So, anyways, this happens. She goes on the show, she flies back home, and of course, she she breaks up, and then she starts doing OnlyFans stuff and doing what everything else wants, or what what every other person does when they're pretty much on this show to try and get famous, right? Like, it's like, she doesn't actually, she's probably not even actually bisexual. This is all the stuff that comes out afterwards where it's like, who is this girl? Like, this girl seems to just wanted to make a bunch of money, which it seems like she's done. So anyway, she's been on OnlyFans. She's been doing all this stuff. And then out comes she's selling her farts in a jar. <laughs> so that's where we are now, where this girl is, this came out maybe a month ago where she was selling $1,000 a piece. She was selling jarred farts (laughs) so so she launched her own platform so she has her own platform called unfiltered without the e right without the e's as one because only fan had kind of gone down for a minute and of course this is gross saying like i've got all these health problems and yada 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 but she's doing all this other stuff to make money and then um, I'm looking at a Rolling Stone article where it says a TikToker made $200,000 farting in jars. Here's how she did it. Um, so I'm kind of going through this. I'm skimming through it. Um, so she's shocked by, so, okay. Um, as an adult content creator who launched her own OnlyFans as platform, Unfiltered, Mato receives dozens of requests for custom content per day, ranging from pictures, from photos of her, of her vulva to vials of her own poop. Yet she's Gross. been shocked by just how high the demand for her jarred farts has been as well as surprised by the reasons her clients cite for purchasing her fart jars at a thousand dollars a pop people really like the idea of spending an exorbitant amount of money and kind of being i don't want to say swindled but it's like a financial domination thing for a lot of men she says so as a self-described fart fartpreneur however oh, matos no. may have girl balls a little too close to the sun on christmas she said she went to the er for what she describes as a heart well, wait hang on now, now you're getting into okay. now you're getting into okay. the Alrighty. The story here. Okay. Yep. Quote, I thought I was having a stroke and that these were my final moments. And quote, she told Jam Press, quote, I was overdoing it. End quote. Stephanie recalled the painful symptoms she experienced. Quote, I could tell that something was not right that evening when I was lying in bed and I could feel pressure in my stomach moving upwards. It was quite hard to breathe. And every time I tried to breathe in, I'd feel a pinching sensation around my heart. And that, of course, made my anxiety escalate. And quote, she continued, quote, I actually called my friend and asked if they could come over to drive me to the hospital because I thought I was experiencing a heart attack. It was made clear that what I was experiencing wasn't a stroke or a heart attack, but very intense gas pains. End quote. (laughs) Stephanie said there was there was definite demand for her farts and that she made two hundred thousand dollars before having to stop, which you mentioned. She now plans to donate some of the money to charity that supports gastric disorders while she. While she said she's gotten some praise from people calling her a girl boss, she also received a lot of backlash. Quote, 
I have been getting a ton of negative of negativity. I have even received death threats, people telling me I should end my life and so on. I try my best to not react to these people and give them what they want, which is attention. In this day and age, we need to stop tearing people down for their choices. And quote. Um, I, I feel I feel like you could have copied I like you can copy and paste that response for almost anything that, that becomes in the media. It's I receive yeah. death threats mm-hmm. and people should be more supportive. Yeah. Even though Respect you are possibly swindling you're possibly swindling very uh let's say but very ill people into into offering things that you probably shouldn't be offering but again if there's a market this goes this goes back this goes back to the risk thing this goes back this goes back to the risk thing you put something on sale i I love the fact that she thought she was having a heart attack when there's probably every 50 year old man can probably tell you like oh yeah i feel that once a week (laughs) it's it's like it's too much gas yeah too much let me i you just gotta put out there like don't don't nobody should send anybody death threats no but i guess not no. Like that that's where it's got to start like from the jump but, like that's always you know gonna what? happen I'm you're gonna, right it keeps happening because you're such a critical mass of people that eventually I'm, I'm gonna you're say gonna get something, some sort of crazy person. i'm gonna say something that's gonna make me a contrarian oh jesus does telling you someone sure you to kill say themselves count as a death threat yes i do want to say this i want to dive into this what counts as a death uh threat? no as in I, i'm going th- to kill you if you keep selling farts in a jar that's a death threat but yeah. telling her you should kill yourself is that a death hmm. threat no, no, but it's. But I think that's. I think that's classified into. You shouldn't do it again. I'm not. I'm not talking about right or wrong. You shouldn't do any of this stuff. But if someone says you should kill yourself, and don't kill yourself, you shouldn't. Life is worth living. But I don't think that counts as a death threat. I think a death threat is specifically I am going to come after you, or you yeah. better watch yourself at night, or make sure your doors are locked because I'm coming in. If they're not, those are threats. So, yeah, I just want to clarify that. You shouldn't tell people to end their own life. That's a terrible thing to ever offer to anybody. Correct. It's not, it shouldn't um, be an option in the, in the, in the words of, of disapproval, right? It's not a proper response. Yeah. But I also but don't think I, it's a death threat. So just, just putting it out there. I mean, if technicality, sure. I, I would agree, but it is a very rude and poor suggestion. Yes. Quote, while I wait for the, oh, wait, hang on a second. Okay. In her viral TikTok video, Stephanie took the, took her followers through her fart making process. That's nuts. Noting that she got the day started by eating beans, a protein muffin, or a low sugar yogurt and hard boiled eggs. Quote, while I wait for these farts to develop, I like to read. I'm very smart. I like to read. And then Ugh, when I'm ready what to a go, Trump, what a you know, Trump sentence. do my job, end quote, <laughs> she said. Yeah, exactly. While I wait for these farts to develop, Stephanie explained that she adds flower petals in her jars with farts, which she sold for $1,000 each since they attach to the set and make it last longer. She also wrote handwritten notes for her customers. In an Instagram video she posted after she made headlines, she acknowledged some criticism she'd been getting. Quote, people judging me for selling my jarred farts, them not knowing I've made over 100000 and an own a beautiful home and multiple cards end quote that's it that's the end of the article that's pretty so question i read that wrong people judging me for selling my farts them not knowing i've made over oh that's stupid see but that's the problem they're judging her for selling her farts and she goes well i've made a hundred thousand dollars and i have a home and cars so i need a i'm gonna add a in a um an epilogue here as well 
because I went to her Twitter and now she has fartjarsnft.com and you can, and she's selling 5,000 fart jar NFTs for 0.05 Ethereum. And, um, this is, this is crazy. You go to this site, fart jar, you got to go to this website and look at these cartoon, (laughs) these cartoon jars. And, uh, they are, uh, they are wild. Now they're, now if you're wondering, there's utility for these, uh, fart jar NFTs is reading from the website, have four use cases that make owning them a blast. Is that a pun? If it is, I don't like it. Access to Steph for pleasure or business. Each token holder will be given access to a private Discord channel with Steph. Some of you may want to be able to communicate with her in an intimate setting, whilst others may have questions about becoming a fartrepreneur yourself. Um, yeah, you're, you're very intimate uh, with five thousand with 4,999 other people. Two, Zoom meetings with Steph. The collector with the most fart jar NFTs one week after launch will have the opportunity to spend 30 minutes in a Zoom That's call. That's all you Stephanie. get for like, for like thousands of dollars. Yeah. The collectors with the second and third most fart jar NFTs will both be eligible for a 15-minute Zoom call with Steph. Three, mentor program. Become a girl boss with oh access God. to a private group with Steph where you can be mentored on how to build a brand, become a content creator, and become a fartrepreneur. Four, profile picture and community. On top of the fart, fartastic use cases above, the artwork can be used as a profile picture so that you can proudly display your inclusion in the most explosive community in the NFT space. Again, puns I disapprove of. And also, I could just grab these and make them my profile picture right now. So that's not a very good utility for those. Just yes. saying. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. I'm out of things to say about this. This is stupid. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I, I've got two things, right? The first right. thing is, does she offer proof? That's one thing I've not been able to find, right? Like, proof what stops her? Proof that she's farted in this jar. Right, like it's and again. I'm I'm someone who's not it, like as someone who, let's say, I wanted to be an investor. Right? Okay, it's a lot of money. I'm about to give you a thousand dollars. Right? I'm interested in in your, in your wares and your services and wares. How do I know this is authentic? Uh, up until this thing happening, like this whole hospital trip, I would have said you have a good point, yet this tells me, no, she was really farting in no, jars. but again, she can, this is a girl who's gone on reality, t- who is very clearly trying to be famous, right? How do I know she didn't make that up? Like, it's very real, like, you know, oh, there's nothing wrong, it's just gas. But, oh, you know, I thought I was having a heart attack, I thought I was having a stroke, I thought I was doing all these things. But no, it was just gas because that plays into oh well look 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 at the look what she does to get us these farts in a jar on Christmas right on Christmas Eve she'd totally be making this stuff up so as as someone who wants to invest in her business how do I know she's actually doing this because she very well could be doing just bottling up jars with putting some flowers over some really awful smelling stuff and putting it inside of a jar because I, I I still worry about the logistics of how do you capture a fart in a jar. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, who? It, the, I guess my better question is: Who are people buying it, opening it? Is there testimonies? Like, are there YouTube like, man, unboxings? I it and I got everything I expected. All right, now I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. So Incognito this, this, window. This so my, let's see. This was this was always uh, my thought from this. Jar. To be honest with you, it was just proof. Right? 
like like I bath water proof, from like that, eBay. Oh, yeah, like like here. that like that girl who was selling her bath water, Belle Dauphine, right? I think she used to have videos with her like in the bath. And, oh, like, here we go. Somebody bottling uh, it up. Whoa! So somebody somebody did buy one of these. So Stepanka. I think but. that's her actual name. I think that's uh, she's she's of Ukrainian no, this descent. Is, no, I, I, I think Custom, that's the girl's oh, name. I think her name oh, is this not, is her actual. Oh, her name, her mind. actual name is Stefanka, but she goes by Stephanie. Okay, here we go. This one's better. This the famous news. This guy actually bought it. Yeah, this this dude, this dude did actually buy. It. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way this guy's definitely overreacting. <laughs> This dude, this is <laughs> this, this dude just opened up this jar and just uh and just lost his mind after uh taking a whiff of this fart. Yeah. I don't so know like, again, that that's is, so. again, that's, that's my like, point, right? Like how many like how many people actually have proof of this? Or is it really what she's sort of saying, which is interesting, which I find is a very interesting fetish for possibly people who have too many too much means is this sort of financial domination of giving your money over to someone and them kind of give you like again i think a lot of this is sex workers talking about i'm I'm skimming through this rolling stone article about like sort of the exploitation of men right like the exploitation of men who ha- who are lonely or men who you know who who don't have significant others or men who spend way too much online like they're like they are being exploited like let's just be honest now is it their own fault sure i can say look that's dumb like why would you go spend your money on this but there's people who are maybe in more fragile financial situ- or fragile mental situations who are giving all their money to this girl and i'd argue it seems like it's just like she could totally just fake this. Um, oh, yeah. So is there such thing as fart spray? Yes, there actually is. And I purchased a fart spray just as a point of reference because I wanted to know what it smelled like and if it really smelled like farts. So I spray a little bit in my kitchen, just one spray. And I smell the lingers. The I swear the smell linger for like the whole day. I had to open all the windows. It's very ugly, artificial, sulfuric scent. And that's not something I would ever attempt to sell or pass off as a real fart. Um, so yeah, I, I think she's just, like this very w- real thing that she's just kind of faking this and doing this for attention because she has a history of trying to gain attention. She was on this show. She's still on this show. She's still trying to be part of this 90 day fiance ecosystem that in its own right is crazy and weird. And so, yeah, I, I think this girl is just, I think she's faking the funk. Literally, they need to. Like they need punk. to put her and uh, Antifa on the show. Or I keep forgetting her name. It's Ant- Anfisa, not Antifa. Yeah. Anfisa, and, right? And, yeah. Anfisa's gone. I haven't seen Anfisa around. She's, she's yeah. But they got to get these this. two together. It's like two. There's, uh, th- there's more crazies now, and Anfisa doesn't even scratch the surface of crazy anymore. <laughs> oh. We've we've reached a whole another stratosphere of crazy on this thing. It's too bad. There, yeah. um, but I look. I think it comes down to supply and demand, right? And I think niche niche products are going to warrant um, higher prices. So look, if there's a if there's a fart fetish community out there and they want to pay for these farts, like you know what, have at them. No one's getting hurt I've, I've, except for I mean, look, when the only person getting hurt is Stephanie because she's farting too much, it's like, look, you didn't need to do this many. 
You could have just walked around with jars and when you had to fart, make it happen. And then ship that out with your rose petals or whatever the hell it is. Like this is ridiculous that you consider yourself like a fart factory. That's dumb. I, I think we've reached in in-state capitalism where people have too much money, where this is even across your stratosphere of things that you think are worth investing in. Like this is a tangible point, thing you can hold it for your fetish. I guess. Like you're you're but, investing in this, like you'd invest in like truffle oil, you know? Like this I is guess, this yeah. is a I rare mean, this, commodity. I mean, look, I, I didn't want to talk about NFTs and stuff, but I mean, this this kind of goes along the line of like anything's worth anything, right? Yeah. Like what we set worth to things is totally it's it's a it's society agreeing what something is worth. Whether we think this is dumb, these farts in a jar are worth a thousand bucks now. Or are they a worth a thousand community. bucks tomorrow? It's not- but again, all this stuff is for it's worth what it's worth of whoever is willing to pay for it, and that goes for anything in 10 years from now someone's gonna say hey i have this jar it's worth fart probably worth nothing probably from worth nothing. 10 years ago yeah. like why do i have this and it's gonna go on ebay for a billion dollars or it's gonna go on ebay for a dollar right it's whatever someone mm-hmm. is willing to pay for it and right. so you can't you can't don't hate the player hate the game <laughs> for all this stuff all the stuff whether it's digital property or this girl selling farts in a jar it's what people are willing to pay for. And if people find value in it and they believe in the value, it'd be worth that much. It's a real weird psychological experiment where we're getting to with finances and money. Like you can kind of say anything. You could say the air is worth money at this point. And if you make a good enough case, somebody will buy it. What are your thoughts on the fart NFTs? The utility seems like it's not something I'd be interested in. <laughs> Minimal. I don't want access not- to her. No, I don't need it. Right. I don't need access to her. I don't want to get on a Zoom call with her. Like, I have no interest in meeting this woman. I've got no interest in being part of this woman's life. So I'll pass. (laughs) But maybe there are people who are. And God bless them. What if you just got on that Zoom call for 30 minutes and all you did was say how she was mean to Erica? No, she just probably in the Zoom call, I'd guess. And then you complain about not getting your money back. And then she'd find a way of saying, well, you, you gave me death threats and, you know, just need to be kind. So the last line of this Rolling Stone article, and then we can end it on this, and Rolling Stone asked her, what's the starting toolkit for an inspiring entrepreneur? Is there anything you need? And her response, a butthole. I saw a tweet a while ago. That said, oh, this guy, I, I gave a guy, I was talking to a guy about investing in games, like, oh, games, it's like, you just need, uh, you just need some guys on computers, right? And I saw that, <laughs> and I actually responded, I was like, well, that's technically correct. <laughs> so, in this response where, what do you need a butthole as a technical requirement? You do need it. Well, she said to be a st- uh, an aspiring entrepreneur. They didn't ask. They didn't ask to be a fart entrepreneur. They said just, well, what is your? What, you know, we're now seeing you as no, an but entrepreneur. to be to be a functioning person, you need you need a butthole. Well, not necessarily. So, There's plenty of people who maybe don't have who've got colostomy bags and don't have buttholes. Butthole might be gone. Uh, oh, well, no, the butthole's not gone. It might be. You don't know that. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Then I apologize for my ignorance. There could be people who are born without buttholes, and they have to use colostomy bags instead. I'm sure that happens. I think so I don't think make... it's a requirement. 
I think it's think a requirement for. So do you think is she being ableist then? I th- I I think as <laughs> as again, and I think that's why she's now trying to show you that she's got medical issues because of this, because it's you know this ruined my life, right? You've got to go through the hero's journey. <laughs> or maybe every good entrepreneur knows. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she was, was up. from from better farters, right? And then she's like, "Don't do this. You're gonna get." a you're gonna have some medical problems and then yeah like i'm sure there's some, away her i'm sure there's some woman out there with a bigger following uh-huh. who legitimately is going to show that she can fart in a jar is going to kill this whole woman's operation well apparently somebody said they bought it on etsy like there's an etsy store for this so let's see farts in a jar <laughs> i mean i'm wondering what the again incognito windows guys this, this is your friend um I you mean, know what i'm BPN just gonna go right your friend. <laughs> you really don't your your comcast or spectrum or whoever your internet service provider right now is t-mobile going, what is t-mobile killing it 5g t-mobile 5g yeah t-mobile Farts. is going yikes this guy has got some weird stuff going on in his life Fart in jar, monkey farts. Um, oh, this these are candles. Um, candles. Uh, oh, here's a uh, here's our dildo, uh, dick soap. It's, uh, soap shaped as dicks. Here's uh, light switches that shaped like dicks. Here's um, something else that's shaped like a dick. I got a oh authentic fart in a jar. Here we go, twenty bucks from Fart City. Options. Dry Already capture. Under- prices too. Dry capture prices. or bottled in bath water. I don't know what the hell the difference is. Oh, so do you, you fart in the bath and then capture the water? They have one they have one sale and five stars. They also sell shirts. Happy customer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Happy customer. Yeah, I'm trying to find that review. I don't know where the review. Oh, here we go. Oh, they this guy bought a shirt from these guys from Fart City. Yeah, so I guess uh, not a huge market. Meaty spaghetti fart in a jar, $25. One left. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. But look, I mean, she, she's an entrepreneur. She's a trailblazer. She's the first to do this. Yep, indeed. So, so all right, cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of dick-shaped things on Etsy. Well, again, it's it's sort of like it's it's sex positivity that's like it's just like you know toxic masculinity. I think 4. there can be five toxic four point five inch here we go. as well. I think there can four point five inch penis soap with loofah, perfect for bachelorette party. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that that gets sold at bachelorette parties. It's weird. It's weird. Like why? Why not? There you go. <laughs> and that that is our american economy <laughs> why why not it's not oh gross <laughs> this this i was like this took me a second to realize what i was looking at dickhead toothpaste you like <laughs> etsy's weird man etsy's etsy's a weird place and i'd say why Damn. in your answer in your answer of why not is it it sums up everything <laughs> the next time anyone wants to discuss discuss a question about you about finances or the way the economy works and they ask you why. Just say why not. Yeah. yeah and walk seriously. away. Seriously. <laughs> Honestly, oh. if it's not hurting anybody, then it's probably the right answer. Anyway, oh, let's talk about this. Speaking of hurting people, um, reading from the New York Post Canadian party fight probed for drinking, vaping amid COVID surge. So just adding insult to injury here. These people just want to have fun. And by these people, I mean Canadians. 
A booze-fueled charter flight out of Canada has sparked an official investigation after a wild video circulated of the selfie-obsessed passengers flouting aviation and coronavirus regulations. I'm quite pleased that I made it through that sentence without stuff. <laughs> the footage shows an unruly, unmasked group on a Sunwing Airlines charter flight from Montreal to Cancun on December 30th, dancing in the aisles, vaping, using the public address system and posing for selfies with a bottle of Grey Goose vodka. It's the public address system or the public address. Oh, like the PA system. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Never, never realized Heard it actually. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, New York, New York Post trying to get their word count up. Yeah. Through it all, the group of alleged social media influencers can be seen posing as they snap cell phone pictures and footage of themselves partying. Canada's mini minister, Canada's minister of transport said Tuesday on Twitter, he was aware of the reports of unacceptable behavior on the flight and COVID-19 risks must be taken seriously. Quote, the health and safety of onboard personnel, as well as passengers during a flight is a top priority and quote, minister Omar Algebra. Algebra, Al, whatever, said, <laughs> quote, passengers of Sunwing's flight to Cancun will be held accountable for their actions. And quote, some of the passengers are known for appearing on reality television shows in Canada. The Toronto Star reported. Now I know how you found out about this. Things get got so out of hand on the flight that flight attendants fled from the club like cabin for much of the flight. The French, it's like, where are you going to go? <laughs> That's the problem. Trapped. Yeah. Uh, let's see. For much of the flight, the French language publication Journal de Montréal reported, quote, there's a point where if you lose control, you can't get it back sometimes. And quote, <laughs> Rina Kisvalvi, president of the Canadian Union of Public Employees, a union that represents Sunwing flight attendants, told the star. Sunwing canceled the group's return flight to Cancun scheduled for Wednesday. The airline has also launched an internal investigation, the news agency said. The passengers could face fines up to $5,000 for each individual offense if they're found to have broken any regulations. Good luck proving it. Fucking some social media people are dumb. If anyone is found to be non-compliant when returning to Canada, they could be referred to the country's public health agency and face fines and criminal charges for providing false information, a news release said. The government continues to advise residentials of Canada to avoid non-essential travel out of the country, the release added. When this year, certain regions of the country have enacted shutdowns of in-person schools and food deliveries amid the latest surge in the confined coronavirus cases. Really didn't need to read that last line, but I'm a completionist. So These people on this plane... So look exactly like you'd expect the people <laughs> that I've talked about in this story to be. <laughs> so so for some background, right? This was a company that this guy, James William Awad, had set up called 111 Private Club. Right? That's the name of his company. This was his first sort of private Instagram slash reality star, you know, you know, all all expenses paid travel private club where you get a flight and you fly there, and you go to Cancun, and you come back, et cetera, et cetera. So this guy, of course, goes on on his personal blog, and um, he's, he starts saying, you know, that, um, you know, the Sunwing Airline agreed to offer my group a return flight, and they only backtracked when they couldn't agree on the flight's terms. 
they cancel our flight based on presumptions, and thus other companies companies follow their steps. At this time, the private one 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 or the one 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 private club is working tirelessly to get everyone back home safely as quickly as we can. This is my first ever travel event. I have significantly learned, and I am still learning from this experience. Learning from them is what makes the difference. Um, the last thing I wanted to say is that there's also something here that uh, one of the passengers has spoken up. Her name is Rebecca St-Pierre, as you expect it would be if someone from Quebec. She's a 19-year-old student and a passenger on the Sunwing flight is among those who remain stuck abroad. She told Global News she tested positive for COVID in Tulum <laughs> and is currently say. self-isolating in Mexico. She okay. believes multiple other passengers are also infected. St-Pierre also told the Canadian press that before the return flight, some people allegedly put Vaseline on their noses to try and trick the COVID-19 test. St. Pierre told Global News she won her ticket for the trip in a contest and said it was her first time ever traveling on an airplane. It's difficult for me to judge what we're allowed and not allowed to do. It was hard because it was the first flight of my light, St. Pierre said in French. She said there was a party mood on the flight, but that not everyone participated to the same extent. She said there were even two girls next to her who were trying to sleep. When the news of the flight began to spread and criticism poured in, she said that most people weren't worried at first. Since many were older than her and had experience being in the public eye, St. Pierre said she was reassured the issue would blow over. I tried to tell myself that it must not be a big deal. These are people who are used to this kind of thing, who are used to maybe criticism. And so if they say it's not a big deal and that it'll pass and it's just good for popularity or whatever, that must be the case, St. Pierre said, speaking in French. But St. Pierre said as she reflected on the issue, she got scared. And now she's regretful. She's told Global News she's sorry for everything. I wanted to apologize to Mr. Legault and everyone, the government, because I know they're working hard to put measures in place so we can finish COVID as soon as possible. And I know what's being put in front of our, what's being put in place is for our well-being. Uh, she added that she knows she does not have special permission to party. Uh, my, my future actions will be better thought out. So there you go. That's from a young woman on the flight. Trudeau called, so I'm reading from the, uh, where is this from the South China something it, Trudeau <laughs> called the passengers conduct irresponsible and a slap in the face to everyone who has followed public health restrictions in French. He referred to the passengers as idiots and barbarians. And the funny thing is, I believe Justin Trudeau was was in the hot water for dressing up in blackface at a party so many years ago when he was running for re-election. So, yeah, but come on, who hasn't done that? Blackface versus, you know, possibly taking down a flight in the middle of in the middle of the air because you're partying too hard. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, exactly. that's what they'll they're like, yeah, well, at least I didn't offend <laughs> at least we didn't offend uh some people. You're like, "Oh, well, mm. fair enough." This is uh so what do you think? What's your take on this uh, situation? Now, I wanted to bring this up because me and you have been on a lot of flights. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And I would argue this is why I pay for first class. This is not what coach is like. <laughs> this, this is what coach feels like to me now. It feels like this. It feels like this. It's not this, but it feels like this. Oh, right? no. It just feels yeah. like a bunch of amateurs on their first flight who've never flown before, not understanding the rules. And half of them, you know, their first time drinking on a flight, their first time, whatever. Like it's just, it's just mayhem and and, and coach, in my opinion. That's why I, I I struggle to fly coach when it's international. And this is an international flight. Um, yeah. Look, I don't like the video of this again. Like it's everything that you expect 
from this video, right? Like it's the same people. It's like this woman is like literally like just vaping on this plane. Like like they're standing up, like they're passing bottles of great goose. Like they've got speakers and cameras out. Yeah, once and, they start, once they take off and the dude busts out the Bluetooth speaker and then yes, everybody yeah. just starts dancing, you're like, okay, this is this is a lot. And it's not comfortable either. Like it's no, not it looks when you think tight. they chartered when they chartered a jet, you're like, well, clearly this is gonna be like a private jet. No, this is like they chartered a, a freaking like what is it? Like um like a spirit airlines. Yeah. It, it's like much. that's what it looks like. Like it <laughs> just exactly looks like a standard like. all coach jet, although it's got the mood lighting from a from like uh, uh, Alaska, Alaska Air Flight with like the blue yeah. mood lighting. So maybe that's why they thought it was a club. But like the start of this video is great because it starts with this um, this ramping up where the camera starts shaking like, oh, it's about to go down. And then all of a sudden, Grey Goose Bottle, dude with the speaker, everybody's up. And um, I, I hope they wild. throw the book at the girl with the sunglasses who's vaping. <laughs> Who's vaping? Yeah, I, I just her. She's she's the one for me that just like ugh, really. Also, a lot like, of if dudes, there's one thing on a, a flight that you know, flight. yeah, if there's one thing you know on a flight not to do, they tell you there is no smoking, there is no vaping. Yeah. They tell you that I can understand if you had a couple of drinks and you filled out most of this plane with you and your idiot friends. Like it's not right, but I can understand it. But the vaping, I'm like, ma'am. Everywhere on this plane, it says no smoking. It doesn't say no drinking on the plane. But I think if you were vaping on this thing, that's it. I would throw the yeah. book at those people because that's strictly violating airline code. The drinking is a hazy area. And again, when you say when you say those people, you mean Canadians. Yes. And not only Canadians, French Canadians, <laughs> the worst kind of Canadians. The ones, the ones who can't help, but they have to smoke. <laughs> the ones when you go to Montreal won't speak English to you. The ones who believe that they're better than everyone else because they're French Canadian. Those Canadians. And these are the I'll say I've been Canadians. I've been to Montreal a few times and I've had I've had lovely experiences in Montreal. Lovely experiences. With their crappy bagels. <laughs> Never had a bagel in Montreal. Montreal bagel is not as good as a New York bagel. Well, of course, it's not a New York. Bagel. Of course, right? Again, you're like, well, was there any other? Was there any other kind of bagel? Was there any doubt? Well, people have said that bagels in Montreal are not bad, but I guess is it even like a second or third place? Uh, well, what's name me another country that makes bagels? I yeah, well, that's the thing because I went to I remember in Buffalo hanging out with a friend of mine like early early in my Buffalo experience, and she's like, yeah, I need to go to the grocery and uh, she needed to get bagels. I'm like, okay, cool. And she gets a bag of bagels. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> what what is going that's on? Funny. What, that's that, that's, that's, that's such a that's such a Midwest thing. <laughs> I know Buffalo's not the Midwest, but it might as well be. Like, what do you mean you're getting bagels from a bag? This is crazy town. Now they have by the time I left, they did open up they some bagel, bagel chains. Yeah. yeah, they started to open. Um Einstein yeah, Bros, you, right? That's, that's Einstein was the big one. That was the big yeah. one that showed up. Um, of course, it would be Einstein. Yeah, had to be something Jewish. Like it was the yeah, only. Exactly. It was the only. Well, way. it's probably look. Look, it's probably a bunch of your tribesmen who who making a bunch of money off of Einstein bagels. Hell yeah, I dude, respect. If you're gonna bring bagels to to a place that is in dire need, 
of bagels? Like, oh, what are you getting? Thomas bagels in a bag? Fuck you. No. Like, yeah, Jews, get out there. Fix this situation. Get out there, Jews. You, you gotta make bagels. Get, get to work. <laughs> <laughs> like, think about God. it. This is why this is why there's still value. And look, someone's gonna do it. Why not us open up that uh that waffle house in New Zealand? I think if you open up a Waffle House in New Zealand, you make a killing. I really Because do. how else are you going to introduce New Zealand to American crime if you don't <laughs> open a Waffle House? Because <laughs> we've got a Taco Bell now, right? There's yeah. a Taco Bell coming to Wellington. Uh, yeah. There's going to be a Costco in Auckland. I think it's done. I think they're just waiting to open yep. it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think they're going to – we've already got KFC, right? KFC's been down here for years. So yeah, yeah sort like, of. I think, sort of. You have KFC with an asterisk. Yeah, there's no there's no biscuits, which to me right. is, a, is not a KFC. There's no biscuits. Like it's just so messed yeah. up. It's wrong. It is. It's wrong. It is. And quite frankly, when your Burger King doesn't have croissant witches, it's not a Burger King, and that's a problem down here as well. Mm. Do they have those weird French toast sticks that are definitely not bread? I think they. Do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're honestly. I don't know what those things are. Guilt, they're guilty tough. pleasure. They're, they're delicious they're tough, though right they're, they're, i mean they're good but they're tough they there's, can there's be they can to be it. tough yeah you can get some yeah. bad ones yeah yeah they're yeah. easy to go bad <laughs> i'd say like 40 like 30 to 40 percent of the time they're good and then that other 60 percent they are bad like they're tough as you said they fight back i mean it's speaking like of speaking of montreal crust. though i'm, I'm like surprised that they have crust i'm surprised that they haven't made like a poutine chain mm. yeah people love poutine not a fan yeah, most people in America can't pronounce it. That's probably the problem. They try to put yeah. that on a billboard and just have to call it something else. I mean, the well, so poutine is it's cheese curds, gravy, and on fries, right? On potatoes yes. of some sort. Yes, okay. naturally. But I think then they they ramp up the poutine, right? Like you can get different. You can get poutine with bacon and cheese added, and you know, You're gourmet. You can pretty much Gour- get like potato poutine. skins, right? Potato skins. Yeah, have this sort of similar thing, but this is specifically. Fries with, like you said, gravy and cheese curds. There's a place in uh, in New York that does a really good one. But you're right. I this, guess as far as a yeah. mass market appeal goes, like there's That's no it, right? there's no poutine chain. No. Yeah, but if uh, people are in New York and they're at um, and they're in the Columbus Circle area, I do recommend Cashcaval Garden. That place is started by a uh, by a guy from Montreal and who's a, is a buddy of mine. Great poutine. Is there any food that you can't get in New York? Um, you know, they, uh, so chili crab is one that I've searched for and I'm sure there's a place to get it, but that would be one that I, I'd, I'd like to find. You want to talk a me- you want to talk about a meal that makes you think you're having a heart attack. Eat that. Scott, <laughs> <laughs> it was delicious, but man, there were some questions in the middle of eating that. It was like, Hmm, <laughs> if you eat this too much, it's, it's, I think there's an early end for you. You die happy, but boy, it wouldn't last when long. you, when you're reaching into like a st- Thick, soupy, lava-like pot just to fish out a crab. A buttery it's crab. Good, a buttery oh, crab, good. right? Oh. That stuff's good. Yeah, That's good. good. And then um, Nashville uh, hot chicken is one that there's a couple places, but it's not. I haven't found one that's actually like a Hattie B's or Edley's. Like, I haven't found something like that in New York. But it's only a matter of time, especially with Nashville exploding the way it is. Yeah. But other than those two things, like from the things that I've had, otherwise you can get everything else. Yeah. I mean, the fact that there's a Seems southern like barbecue scene now 
Yeah, New York. Yeah, of course. Which is the best thing that could ever happen. Like there's there's actually legitimately great options for amazing barbecue brisket. Yeah. Makes my life. It increases my quality of life. I mean, it just means if you're you're never going to leave New York. Why would you? You're 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 a guy that considers himself a connoisseur of good food, and you literally no. have every probably the never, best of everything. I've never never, never called myself that. Yeah, but that's I what would you never. Are. Nah, but that's what you are. I just talked about how I like the French toast sticks at Burger King. This is yeah, why. Yeah, but I, again, you you've got guilty pleasures, but you've got a well-rounded palate. Yeah, which is very different. It, my family still. It brings it up all the time. Like they just dwell yeah, you, on that fact. They're like, this is the guy, this is the kid who wouldn't do this. Is this the same kid? It's yeah, like, yeah. That's how it works. And then you're like, like yeah, at what point 30, do you pass 30 years that later? Thresholds? <laughs> Never. Yeah. Yeah. Never. Okay. What, is there what, anything you, what you that, did as a five year old will define you for the rest of your life? Forget that. No, now in their defense, it's true that I'd say it was like up until I went away to college. I was I was a relatively picky eater. I started to eat more like senior year, stuff like that. But yeah, when I went to college, that's when I started eating basically everything. Yeah. And then New York, it was like the gloves are off. <laughs> but, you know. Why, why, why do you think that say? was? It, what's into the psychology of that? Do you know? Um, I don't know. I just, hard to say. Food Network, maybe, part of it. Started watching mm-hmm. that stuff. I'm like, oh, I should try all this shit. Why not? Now, there's still some hangups that I'm like, some things don't really do much for me. But at this point, I'll eat literally anything. Unless I'm <laughs> allergic to it. Like, Except for avocado, right? You won't eat avocado. Yeah, exactly. But that's like an allergy thing. I like avocado. I think the only thing that's on my list of will not eat is beets. I hate beets and beetroot. Pufferfish. I won't eat pufferfish. I'll eat pufferfish. Yeah, because I, I, I wanted to try it. and You weren't down with it. I don't like the idea of eating something that I have to sign a contract for prior yeah, to Yeah, I wanted to so. roll the dice. Let's go. Let's experience <laughs> a new thing. See? See what I mean? Right? A little, little, little less willing to try new things, are you? Um, that's, that's different. Maybe one day, <laughs> but you know, all right, let's move on. Let's do, um, let's do this quick story here. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Cause I, I had a conversation with, uh, it, we're moving on to some reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. Sorry. It's been a little while since we've done one of these. Um, we have a new mayor in New York, uh, Eric Adams. And I was, I was on the phone with my mom yesterday. I was going into the city to play hockey, gave her a call. And she was like, yeah, be careful out there. I was like, okay. She's like, yeah, I, I heard what they're doing in New York. She's like, it's going to get weird. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, they're not going to arrest people anymore. I was like, uh, okay. So I looked up what she was talking about. And this is the briefest explanation of what is of what I could find reading mm-hmm. from PIX11. Manhattan DA says he won't prosecute certain low-level crimes, frustrating police unions. After just days on the job, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has changed what crimes will be prosecuted in the borough. He said marijuana misdemeanors, prostitution, and fare evasion will no longer be prosecuted. Bragg also wants lesser charges for some low-level crimes, including drug deals and some robberies. Quote, we need to reserve our justice system for real public safety challenges, end quote, he said. Police Benevolent Association President Patrick Lynch says Bragg's plan sends the wrong message. Quote, police officers don't want to send out, don't want to be sent out to enforce laws that the district attorneys won't prosecute. End quote. He said, quote, there are already too many people who believe that they can commit crimes, resist arrest, interfere with police officers and face zero consequences. End quote. 
The new guidelines from Bragg focus more on alternative programs to help offenders stay out of jail and reduce the number of people in jail awaiting trial. Quote, these policy changes not only will in and of themselves make us safer, they also will free up prosecutorial resources to focus on violent crime, end quote, Bragg said. Mayor Eric Adams, when asked about Bragg's plans, said he feels there's room for justice and public safety. He said he said he still has to meet with Bragg. So these guys have been in for like just over a week. Yeah. <clears throat> this was so, update. This was on the fifth. So this is like four days ago, five days into the term. They're like, oh hey. Mm-hmm. New thing. Can can you go over the, the, the list again? Because I, I want to go item by item of how I feel. Okay. Right. Um, no yeah, and it's and this is as high level as it could possibly go. That's fine. what yep. it is here. Okay. Um let's see. He wants to Okay, he said marijuana misdemeanors. Okay, so that's that's being legalized in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that'll so, be yep. That's good. off the table. Get rid of it. Yep, we're not yep. going to prosecute for that. Sounds good. Yeah, prostitution. Now I live in a country that mm-hmm. seems to not have this issue. Why? Because it's, it's legal. legalized, it's regulated, mm-hmm. and there's there's all types of systems and things for women who are sex workers and for for them to get tested and protected. Yada yada yada. So I agree 100. percent I, I I look at this country. In this country, I, there's nothing in the news about any of this stuff ever, because it's legal, yeah, and it's regulated. Mm-hmm. And if people want to make money that way, so as long as they're safe and protected, and they actually need to go get checked, and it's not doing this stuff under the table, because that seems to be what the issue is. Uh, yeah, I say legalize it. Like move into the 21st century. Let women do what they want to with their bodies, as long as it's safe and 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 protected in a way that's that doesn't give harm to them or anyone else around them so yes 100 percent. yep women right. and men yeah i i agree although the issue is because you're not <clears throat> because prostitution is not legal what is i'm not so concerned with the actual idea of prostitution being no but it's the but i'm, I'm specifically the looking stuff at around it yeah, but that's the problem. If it was legal, this stuff wouldn't be around it. I agree, and I'm right? I'm for legalizing prostitution. I and I, it should be like there's no reason not to. It's like the only. It's kind of bizarre that we live in a country that the only way prostitution is legal is if you film it. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's, it's just it's such an odd thing yeah. when it's just like if you make sure that people are healthy, and you make sure that people aren't like you said all the stuff that the bad stuff that comes with it when you like it's a prohibition argument right i'd argue that alcohol does more danger to people's lives than any other thing that we've banned other than mm-hmm. maybe heroin and meth but is alcohol yeah. worse than prostitution i'd argue yes yeah for sure i don't think there's really a how could you even make the case in the opposite you can't. In that's, a world so that's where why it's, it's legal like, and you're taking yeah. away the idea of like the pimps and all the other stuff. Like. Yes. So my question is, great, the New York, you know, they, they, they want to do this, but are they actually going to try and legalize some of this stuff so that way it, the police don't have to worry about it? And there's a whole nother side of of government regulation that deals with these issues, right? Like that's the thing, right? Police should be doing police work, not babysitting. And it seems like they're doing a lot of babysitting for some of this stuff. When this stuff should so move gonna, to a totally different side of our government to deal with. So I'm moving on here. So yep, this is, um, so I'm now switching over to CNN because they have a little more detail on this. Okay, yeah. Not paying, uh, let's see, is that, was that the next one? F- in fair the, jumping, uh, right? Fair hopping. 
Yeah, so not paying public transportation fares. Yeah, like, great. You lock them up and you put them in jail. Like, what's the actual punishment after they jump the fare? Like, these are people who can't afford to pay the fare. New York has the cheapest subway system, I think, in the world. One of them. Unless it's, it's unless just easier not to free. sometimes. There's, there's plenty of people who jump it who can afford to pay for it. Yes. They just don't. So that's what I mean. It's like, great. Okay, so we're going to lock those people up and then do what? Yeah. Like, can we, weird, can we have another thing. system you, that, yeah, like, how do you police that? I think you need to think about how you're doing the fair system in the first place. Right. Before we just sort of constantly just have police literally sitting in the subway waiting for someone to hop the fare. That's a waste of a police officer's time, in my opinion. So for a lot of these, I'm going to have the same. Um, it, my my response to these is kind of a it's a catch all for all of this, which is yeah. I agree with that. Specific, well, not the first two. When you just when you take away marijuana, silly because that's going to be legal. Prostitution should be legal, and there should be. But that then you're starting to get into this point where this is my argument, where. Yes, there should be systems to better enforce these things that don't rely on the traditional policing. That's I could get on board with that to an extent because there's some of these where I'm like, well, hold on a second. Um, but those don't exist. So right. doesn't this encourage more like by saying, hey, we're not going to prosecute you. Well, then. All right. Wouldn't that lead to more fair jumping when you already well, are? losing money substantially well, here's, on well, here's public my, transportation? Here's my question before you read these. Mm -hmm. Do you think the people that don't hop the fare don't hop it because they think they're going to get in trouble? Do you think that the fabric of society is that thin that people, for the most part, do the right thing because they're afraid of the consequences? Or do you think they do the right thing because it's the right thing? No, I think they do it because that's just <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. And then you have an outlier of cases. But the but if you have a if you have a sample size in New York of in the millions, then for every let's say one percent of that, which is how many people ride this train every day? I have no idea. Not anymore. I don't. Ride used to be able to tell you that number, but been a decade <laughs> every day. I'd be more interested in knowing what the what actually is. So okay, three point two riders one day. That's during COVID times. Let's call it five million, right? So if it's 5 million and you have people riding this uh, subway, so 5 million people, I'm, it's probably more than that. Um, sure. And if that's total people, then you assume they're going to be paying both ways. So let's say 10, 10 million rides a day. Is that a safe number? Sure. Okay. 1% of that would be 100,000. Mm -hmm. You think 100,000 people are going to jump fair? No. Probably not. I don't think so either. That, that's, okay, I guess so that's say, my point, right? Like, it's like, I think jumping the fare for me, it's, it's, it's quite a lot of work. And I say it? that no, it's not, this, I'm saying it's not, but it is. If you're over a certain age, do you really want to be trying to step over this thing? I, I, I'm thinking of my trips in the morning when I had to get to work and you're already under all this pressure to swipe that stupid card that doesn't swipe half the time. And you sit oh, there you swipe your phone, swiping it and swipe tap it. your phone. And now you tap your phone because things have moved on. Right. So I th just think if you make it easy, people will pay their fair share. It's the people who can't, who generally, who are going to jump the fare anyways, who are going to keep jumping the fare. I guess that's my point. Yeah. It's right. like, I don't think removing prosecution makes people go, oh, well, now I'm going to start jumping the fare. Those people are going to jump the fare anyways. I think, I don't think that those, the, the punishments didn't, 
they already didn't actually deter people from doing it. All it did was give more work for police to do. And so if you actually tell them, like, look, we're not going to prosecute this, so spend your time doing other things, then to me, I don't see a problem with that as long as the government then works on finding ways for these people not to do this, right? Like, completely make it so you can't. Okay. Let's, um, well, let's move on to the next one. Fair yeah. enough. I will concede that point. Trespassing, except a fourth degree stalking charge. <laughs> What's a fourth degree stalking charge? Oh, Jesus, I don't even want to Google this, but I'll do it. Here we go. Fourth degree stalking. What is fourth degree stalking? As a preliminary uh, matter, you are guilty of stalking in the fourth degree if you intentionally engage in a course of contact with no legitimate purpose. Oh, that's weird. So wait, so if you like show up somewhere and you're like, like for example, you show up to a school and they're like, what are you doing? And you're like, uh, just hanging out. And it's like, so you have no purpose? So is that a fourth degree stalking or trespassing? I don't know, but let's let's take that out because we're talking about what's not prosecutable anymore. And now you have trespassing that he doesn't want to prosecute on. Now, I understand to an extent, right? Like if you have, yes. he could be talking about people, homeless people sleeping in a place that is technically yes. trespassing that's open and all these other things. But what about actual criminal trespassing? I guess that's I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is that's like where he's, things like, get kind of are- gray. Yeah, it's pretty general right now. Like, I'm not prosecuting trespassing. And it's like, well, are you not like the misdemeanor trespassing? Like you said, a guy sleeping in the subway and trespassing or something like that? Or is it like, hey, someone breaks into it or someone is like breaking into a store? But I would assume that's breaking and entering, right? Like, yeah. Like, again, I think it's some of these gray areas, unless they have a great solution for, okay, we're not going to prosecute this, but here's what we're going to do. Then, yeah, some of these start getting gray. All right. Next one. Resisting arrest. Now, I don't disagree with that one because that seems resisting arrest seems to be a trumped up charge that you add on top of another charge. It's like, I'm going to arrest you. Never for something solo. That, yeah, it's, no one ever has resisting arrest on its own, right? Resisting arrest is always added to something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why add it? It's redundant. You're like, saying it's redundant. It's, re- it's a redundant thing, right? If you're being charged with fourth degree stalking and I say you're under arrest and you disagree with it, well, now you're resisting arrest. So it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. Like the person's upset. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with that one. I think it's just unless you can prove to me that you can get a resisting arrest charge on its own, which you can't, then it's it's useless. It's just a random secondary charge you're adding. Yeah. Then it goes into obstructing governmental administration in certain cases. I don't know what that means. So uh, but maybe one, maybe protesting, right? Like I, I would assume that like what happened at the Capitol on January sixth is doesn't fall that case, but protesting with a loudspeaker outside where they can't hear maybe does. I don't know, right? Yeah, I'm trying to find because there's something over here because it says going back to the Pix Eleven thing, it says some robberies. But yeah, that's there is a tricky something that one. actually explains it. And that one is where I'm like, whoa, what? Well, some robberies, I guess it depends on what you're considering. Like if you take something from your office. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of reasons of why like you wouldn't want to prosecute. Like let's say you, you're not supposed to take your laptop home, but you take it home. And your company decides that this is a, this is a robbery charge. Here we go. One of one of Bragg's instructions is reading from the Daily News. One of Bragg's instructions tells his prosecutors to pursue pet, 
to pursue petite larceny charges, a misdemeanor against a suspect initially charged with armed robbery in a commercial setting, provided they didn't create a genuine risk of physical harm. So that's odd. Like, how do you, yeah, again, like, like I, I how think do you the, determine the, the, that? What I'm learning now this, is that New York's New York's laws are really complicated. <laughs> But all laws complicated, but at the same time, but by putting out this message, this is why it's kind of gray, right? Because now the message is, and this is why, you know, to go back to the original call of my mom saying, hey, be careful out there. It's like, does this send a message? One, is the message, it's like two parts. It's not just the, is this good policy, but the messaging, is it good messaging or does it open up the floodgates? It doesn't open up the flood. That's such a- That's a a bad, you're right. That's a bad way to put it. Does it- how I guess because the floodgate, it's not like there's going to be this crazy tidal wave of crime in New York. I didn't feel less <laughs> I don't safe think people last go, oh, night after legal. learning this than they I did didn't, before. Yeah, they didn't legalize it. They just said they're not going to prosecute it. So you can still be locked up for a night for doing this crime. You can still go to jail for doing this crime. You're not going to be prosecuted for it. Right. So, of course, the police union is mad because they're saying, well, now we're going to arrest people for crimes that, that you're not even going to prosecute, which means we're going to do stuff. And we're going to put them in jail, and then they're going to be out the next morning. It's why the police union is upset, right? Because they're going, well, wait a minute. Now we're locking people up just to basically tell them to cool off for a night, and then they get to hit the streets again and do it again? That's taking us away from real crime, because now we're just putting people away and they get back out, right? It's like, hey, I'm trying to get rid of ants, right? And I'm not actually, like, doing anything that keeps them from coming into my house. They just, you know, they go away for a night, and then they come back. And they go away for a night, and then they come back. That's why they're upset, so I don't it this doesn't mean that it's lawlessness. It means you can still be arrested for this, right? It didn't say they're they didn't legalize it. That's the difference. Like prostitution is not legal. They're just not gonna prosecute you for it if you're found guilty of this or if you're locked up for this crime. So like you gotta make that distinction of that's why it's not like the floodgates are it's like de, it's kind of decriminalizing versus legalizing, right? Because I would argue there's so many things that they probably already don't prosecute for. They just don't tell you about it. The criminals know what they're going to go to jail for and what they're not. You, Joe Public, doesn't know. That happens all the time. So to think that all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, they're not going to do this. It's like they probably already haven't locked people up for misdemeanor marijuana charges in probably a couple of years. You just don't know. And now they're kind of making it public, which to me is the more bolder stance because now we're talking about it. Where I would say, if you talk to any real criminal, they'd tell you, nah, man, you, you, you won't go to jail for that. They won't lock you up for that. Like, they, they do that stuff all the time where you get kids to do stuff because you're like, nah, 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 they won't. You know, you, you'll be out in the morning if they catch you. So but like, isn't that a problem? Smart. But, but, but they already know. That's my point, though. Like, it but already now, is a but problem. This, but this gives you more options in that sense. No, I, I, again, I think these options already existed. I don't think this is some new thing. I think that the criminals have already known this. And I think now what, what I hope they're doing is they're making this public because there needs to be reform, right? Like you need to reform some of these things and actually find a better way for police to do their job. Like this came up with the, with the, with the Black Lives Matter stuff and the, and the George Floyd stuff, as in like we're sending police to do jobs that they probably shouldn't be doing. Like I, I'm not a fan of defunding the police, 
I'm a fan of actually taking funds from the police and putting them towards other organizations that deal with people with mental health crisis or drugs or prostitution, right? That shouldn't be police. I don't need the police to go round up everyone who smokes weed. Yeah. Like it's a waste of their be, time. The police have effectively become a catch all for every problem. Yes. And that's and that's my there point. As in if they have specialty. a plan yeah. exactly. Yeah. There needs to be specialty the, groups that deal yeah. with some of this stuff. And I think everything that you've just gone through, except for maybe the robbery one, that's the one that was like, ooh, all right, that getting a little dicey yeah, because that's yeah. like that's a real gray area of like, hey, I own a store and it gets broken into every night because the same guy keeps going, Well, I just go to jail for the evening when they catch me. But I'm going to keep doing it <laughs> because whatever, right? The inconvenience is I get caught, you know, nine times out of ten. But that tenth time, I got rich. So it's 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 weird. Like I think to me, I just think some of the more human, the crimes that don't hurt people, that are more human in nature, like people struggling with addiction, like people struggling with you know mental health crises, like police are the wrong people. A guy with a gun is the last thing you want to see when you're having a mental breakdown. <laughs> like it doesn't help at all. So like de- like move the police away from that stuff and I want the police to go take care of armed robbery or you know assault things that actually can change your life versus oh you know this guy was smoking marijuana when I'm walking down Times Square like locking him up does what for me nothing it's a yeah. waste of the police's time when Especially there's a guy down the street who just grabbed my purse yeah yeah the the misdemeanor stuff is like sales which is even going to which is going to be even more outdated so I think yeah, I think people are mostly yeah. upset about the like let's call it violent crime part of it, which is the yes. the robbery thing. That's the and again they know, didn't say armed robbery because robbery cannot necessarily be. That's what I mean. It's a very complicated class of crime, right? There's yeah. robbery that affects nobody and is just just damaging property. But they didn't say that they're going to decriminalize property damage or destruction of property crimes. Like that's why it just, it's real complicated. But I think them announcing this to me is a very clear message of, we need to find a way to redirect some of this money to solve some of these issues. I hope it is because you can't do this and then not give the police any assistance in dealing with these things. Like I would just tell them like, guys, we've actually got a whole new force that's going to deal with this. We'll call you when we need to. Until then, you guys have a new set of crimes that you're that you're following that are more important and a better use of your time to get real criminals off the street. Okay, let's let's um let let's just take one the other perspective here. Let's go to Fox News Channel, which uh, <laughs> FoxNews.com, which says the headline is former prosecutors call pro, former prosecutors call Manhattan DA's soft on crime policies definition of insanity. Um. So here we go. So this this is what some guy says. So who the hell is Bibb? Mr. Bibb. Oh, I guess that's the former guy. Daniel Bibb, who worked as Manhattan assistant director's attorney for 24 years, said he's never seen an approach like this. Quote, imagine you're a clerk in a bodega and are a victim of a knife point robbery. Not only could the guy not go to jail, he could get charged with a misdemeanor. And quote, Bibb told Fox News. Then he says that's the definition of insanity. The memo says that the robbery charges charge should be downgraded to a petite larceny if the brandished if the brandishing of the weapon quote does not create a genuine risk of physical harm end quote. But that's that's the question, right? So the 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 idea is like, and this is what I saw when I was looking at the I was looking at some of the comments in the New York City subreddit, which is often entertaining. And someone's like, so wait, if someone got held at gunpoint with a with an unloaded gun that technically does not create a genuine risk of harm because it wasn't loaded. 
technically, but if you don't know that, right? Like if you're if me and you, if we get robbed at gunpoint and then we later find out that the gun's not loaded, I don't think that you can look after the fact. But that's what I mean. The robbery one's a tricky one, right? Like they're gonna have to actually clarify some of this because yeah, I agree with some of that. Like, all right, like now robbery's getting a little weird, but this is obviously has to be this obviously has to be based in like looking at these crimes when they come in and actually understanding like okay, th- this keeps happening and yet like we don't prosecute it anyways. So like, here's if, they were able, if they were actually able to get conviction rates out of stuff, I don't think that they would stop prosecuting it. It's yeah. probably a bunch of cases that they're trying, that they're seeing, they're losing over and over and over again, and it's not worth spending the government's money trying to prosecute things that you can't prosecute, that you can't prove in court anyways. Yeah, so the dissenters of this mainly lean into this particular component it's of Robert. it. So here's another guy. Yeah. yeah, because he said, so this guy who's a, another former prosecutor in Manhattan, he said, he's like, the prospect of downgrading armed robberies to a petite larceny is the most shocking policy. Quote, this will encourage would-be robbers to bring weapons to their crimes as they won't be punished any worse than if they didn't bring weapons, end quote. Yeah. So this is, and then yeah, he brings look, up I don't the necessarily disagree with that. Gun. Like, I think yeah. having a crime with a weapon versus a crime without a weapon are two totally different classes of crime. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. But look, this is all from a memo. It's not like actual policy yet, yeah. you could say. But yeah, things things getting sticky. So yeah, I, I, I think uh, that's lawlessness my point, is running though, right? rampant think, in New York. I think this. I think this stuff happens all the time, though. I think most people don't even realize it. That people kind of decide, like, look, man, if we pull you over, like, we're not taking you to jail for that. Like that happens all the time. It's a judgment call for police. And I think a lot of people don't understand that if they did, they'd be real upset about it, but they don't seem to understand. And this is why it's a bit of a problem, right? If, because it's a judgment call, if you're black and, or brown, the judgment seems to be based on the color of your skin or the heritage of where you're from, right? Where I would say judgment calls for white people happen all the time. Ah, look, don't worry about that one. You know, just don't let me see it again. Same thing with speeding, right? Judgment calls. If you follow the mm-hmm. book of the law, you go one mile over speed limit, that's a ticket. How many times have people been pulled over and said, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I just, I, I wasn't looking at the speedometer, I went a little too fast, they take your information and go, hey, look, just watch your speed next time, have a good day. They choose not to arrest you, they choose not to prosecute you, because it's a judgment call. And so some of these crimes that you went through the list of tend to be judgment calls except for maybe robbery. And that's when everyone's sticking on, and rightfully so. But like, whether you lock someone up for prostitution seems to be kind of a judgment call. Because if we followed the letter of the law, we'd all be in trouble way more often. <laughs> and not for prostitution, but for like speeding and, you know, you know, you know, going through a yellow light and just traffic laws, right? Like people break traffic laws all the time. We're not all sitting in jail for it. Well, enough of that shit. Let's move on to a little uh, media therapy, shall we? Yeah. Did, um, I, I saw this one before, and I, I could have sworn we've done this. We've we've done Johnny Johnny Favs, right? John Favreau, the former boss. Yes, we have. Yeah. All right, then we'll skip it. I don't remember, right. but, yeah, but we he's, have. He's a, year, he's a year older. We'll just move past that. All right, no Paul Giamatti game today, then. Um. So yeah, why don't you? But if I think of one in the time that you're talking, maybe uh, that's what we'll do. Maybe I'll pull one out of my ass. So you're up. What do you got? Because I've only played a game, two games actually. So I watched Cobra Kai. I didn't even start it. <laughs> I'm I done with it about. And I'll just say and that I liked it. I like it. It's good. It's yeah. it's pretty consistently good. Like it's not trying to do anything outside of what it normally does. 
I think it's found its lane. It knows what it is. And as long as they keep hitting this, it's an enjoyable watch. So awesome. Without Good without stuff. spoiling it for you, that's that's how I feel. Now how I watched something yeah, go for it. I got two questions. How is the return of um that dude from Karate Kid Three? It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's 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 done well. <laughs> it's uh trying to find a, a comparison of it. It's uh yeah, no, it's good. I, I don't want to spoil it. It's good. Okay, fair enough. Good. Again, it's a good it's a good watch. It's it's it makes fun of itself at the right pl- moments. It's got some, you know, some of the emotional moments. It's got the uplifting moments. It's great. Like it's it's a really well done show in the spirit of what it is. Like it knows what it is and it knows it's a little silly, but it also says, "Yeah, we know it's silly, but just lean into it a little bit. You're going to have fun." And it's good. All right. And I'm not going to ask the second question because we already talked about it last week. Okay. So what else you got? So I watched the most depressing movie I think I've seen in years. Mm. Can I guess what it was? You can. You won't get it. Okay. Was it that new Disney movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew the name of it. That would have been a much better joke. <laughs> God damn it. What the fuck was it called? Encanto. That one. Encanto. Was it Encanto? No. I've not seen Encanto. Right. No, I've heard Encanto's very good though. Um, okay. There is one thing I do. I do want to talk about something else though, which is uh, I'll I'll talk about this quickly. But then I, I want your thoughts on something on the news, something in the news that's come up. Okay. Um, it's an Australian movie, and it's called Nitram, N I T R A M, right? So it's based off of a real life um, kid who went on a mass shooting spree. Oh. And this was Australians' last, I think it was one of their last big shooting sprees before they, the Port Arthur Massacre is the event. So it happened in 1996. And after this, they went through that massive gun reform where they kind of did what New Zealand did after the the attack in 2017, 18, um, where they kind of got rid of all semi-automatics and just completely reformed their gun laws. So this movie is about this kid Oof. who is very clearly kind of special. And his they, they call him Nitram. And and I think the actual kid's name was Martin. So it's Martin backwards. No, oh, I get it. Um, but it was kind of used like nits are, are another word for like fleas or not fleas. Um, what's it called? Um, lice. Hmm. You get lice in your hair. So kind of dirty. Again, he's kind of a, you know, he's kind of a dirty looking kid who's like playing with fireworks. He's very clearly a little special, and a little, a little demented. And it's the story of this, of this event that happens. And this thing was one of the most depressing things I ever watched. And I'm going to say this now because I also listen to this podcast. This is where we differ, right? Like, I want to watch movies that are fun and bubbly and have great stories. Mm-hmm. And Alice likes watching this because <laughs> oh, it's God. great. It was a really well done movie. But, man, this was two hours of misery. <laughs> it was two hours of just misery of the world of everything. But, anyways, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. But it, watch this if you're in a real I just want to feel sour about the world mood is when you should watch this movie. Um, because if you're in a good mood, it will definitely not, it will take you out of that good mood. Um, but if you're already kind of in a sour mode, it's worth watching. I think it's going to win a bunch of, it won, he won best actor at, uh, the Cannes film festival this year. So I think it's going to win a bunch of awards. It's very good. It's very well done. Um, it's very well filmed. Um, so yeah, I liked the movie. It was just miserable. <laughs> wow. Well, you should also watch, um, dark Knight with um with alice and then be like see the difference between 
what happened with NITRAM and what happened here is that we did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what Dark Knight is, that's the movie about the guy who shot up the theater during the Dark Knight yeah. Rises. And look, this is, this is, yeah, like, and again, they, they kind of go through at the end of like, oh, there's still guns in Australia. But like, it's, it kind of shows you like why what happened happened, right? Like, it goes through kind of like, you know, the way this kid, his behavior and some of these things, the way that it wasn't maybe checked the way that it should have been is very interesting to watch. So yeah, look, it's a good movie. It's just miserable. Um, the last thing really, I do want to really talk sold about, me on it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Sorry. I, this is, this wasn't for you. This is for everyone else to listen. Okay. Um, I want to talk about, the news of Pixar movies going straight to Disney Plus. Oh, is that? Have you heard new? about this? I, they're all doing that? Yeah. So, hmm. Turning Red, right, is Pixar's next movie, right? And it's, I I'm believe, it's Sandra it. O's movie. I believe she's, um, I don't know if she's the voice or she's the director. I'm trying to find out more information. She's not the director. The director no. is is Domi Shi. Now, this is the woman who directed Bao, the uh, okay, yep. the short yep. that I believe was before Toy Story 3. Yeah, which is very good. That's a very good short. It's very good. Very it well done. Yeah. Creepy at the end of it, but I'm very yeah. excited about the um, about Turning Red, mainly because it's about a uh, giant red panda. Yeah, which is awesome, right? Cause yeah, exactly. Who doesn't, who love, doesn't love red panda? Red panda. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But like this is going directly to Disney Plus. And apparently there's a bit of friction between Disney and Pixar on this because they keep releasing, they release Soul straight to streaming and Luca straight to streaming. So mm-hmm. they keep releasing Pixar's releases directly to Disney Plus, where Encanto went to the movie theater. And Disney Plus. It was also Disney Plus day one. It was both, but the fact that they are kind of that, you know, that Disney seems to be, I don't know what the agreement is with Disney and Pixar financially. Doesn't Pixar, is Disney owns Disney Pixar. owns Pixar, but like a cut of what money gets transferred to where or the people involved with the po- contract, right? Like the Scarlett Johansson thing. Or Scarlett Johansson, her contract was laden full of incentives for theater, theatrical release numbers. You put it on streaming, that kind of goes away. And so that's why she sued them. Because she's like, well, wait a minute. My original contract was about, is all filled with these things about in the movie theater. If it does this, this is what happens. And then you release it on streaming and you don't tell me about any of those numbers. So no, you need to, you need to tell me about these numbers or we need to come up with a new agreement. And so it seems like Disney, more than any other company, is, is, seems to be heavily leaning on which properties go directly to streaming and streaming exclusive to keep Disney Plus alive. And what things are going to go to movie theaters because they're big tentpole movies that need to prop up, you know, a bigger a bigger goal for Disney. So the, the Star Wars, the Avatars, the Marvel movies are going to go right. They're going to hold on to those movies so they get theatrical releases. But yeah, right, different clientele. Put it directly to streaming. That keeps our streaming numbers up for people who love Pixar movies, and it's more kid friendly or whatever, right? Like it's it's interesting to see where, where how Disney is trying to sort through what things are exclusive to streaming, so it keeps the streaming platform alive, and what things do we need to release in the movie theater so that way you know it keeps that part of the business alive. It's just I just I'm interested in your thoughts on this as a Disney Plus subscriber. Um, it's a matter of audience, right? I don't. This is also a very now thing. Did they commit to doing this 
indefinitely moving forward. Like when there's a no, toy story. I think I said Toy Story three. I meant Toy Story four. Um, but if Toy Story five comes out in like three years or four years, right? Yeah. Is that something that you're well post pandemic and you know, <laughs> knock on wood, right? But <laughs> everybody's going so. to movie theaters, yeah. business like usual. Um, because at that point, movies are basically dinner theaters. Um, and we're watching them in holograms. That's right. I'm moving the technology faster. Um, but whatever. The point is, at that point, you're you're back to saying, okay, well, now we could get the same families fear-free into a theater to see our tentpole movies that's as an established franchise that's going to make us millions of dollars. Because Disney's in it for the same reason that Pixar's in it at the end of the day. The top brass is is looking to make money. So Disney's yeah. probably doing a calculus, which is saying that we know that families at this point in when when does this movie come out? March it comes 11th. out in like yeah, okay. So by March eleventh, Disney uh families are still going to be more willing to pay that that monthly subscription and we'll get more people getting that monthly subscription to watch it in with their families in their homes in addition to the the crowd that will see it in theaters as opposed to if we just release it in theaters that day because well, then we just have to do on, one right? yeah and we it's just holding have to on do to that subscription right if you're a family right now yeah exactly right and every month you look at your finances and go, ooh, Disney Plus, we didn't watch it that as much this month as maybe we uh-huh. did last month, Christmas time, right? We watched it more Christmas time. And hey, we're really going to try to cut back some of our expenses. But ooh, Pixar's new movie is coming out in March. Maybe it's worth us holding on to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm more surprised they're not doing the, the premium thing, which is like put it there, get the $20 or whatever it is for that early access as if you were buying a movie theater ticket. Cause at that point, the moment you have more than two people going to a theater, hell the, the, the moment you have more than one person going to a theater, it's cheaper to do that anyway. Yeah. And you give them that watch at home opportunity and you're not leaving money off the table. And like three months down the line, you're still, you're then you're just going to roll it into the subscription service or whatever it is. Um, so whatever math is going on, I get it. I don't, as a, part of moving forward or whatever deals like Scarlett Johansson, you go back to that first example of this where yeah. they completely, they completely fucked her as far as yeah. the, the finances go because Hey, you get a yeah, box office that, cut. Oh, but not, and look, but that not movie, that box office cut. Well, the problem was as well, that movie was done like right as the pandemic started and they basically yeah, but when held it came on out, and held on and held on. Yeah. The bigger problem was that they didn't give her a cut from what I understand. They didn't give her a cut of the digital, well, they didn't the tell digital the revenues. So she couldn't even sit there and argue right. about that because that stuff's just like Netflix, right? Netflix doesn't tell you how many they tell you how many they like how many general people have kind of clicked on the show. But like mm-hmm. those metrics aren't like this many like they don't really tell you like 700,000 people watched your thing. No, 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 but that was different because that was one where they actually charged you to watch the movie. That's what I'm talking about with the premium right. thing. Like yeah, you so, had to so pay it's 20 open. bucks it's even worse to when it's watch. like how many people paid 20 bucks to watch this and they're yeah, like, that's "Well, we don't really disclose that information." Yeah. Did she get a cut of that 20 bucks as per the box office would have given her the same thing? If you're kind of screwing with the numbers like that, then yeah, this is a big problem. As Pixar's rolled into that same organization, it's like, look, as long as Pixar's budget's not being cut so they could continue to make Pixar caliber movies, the same way that the Disney animated house, which I'd say now is at par with Pixar. If right? not better. Like they, yeah, exactly. The gap between those two 
is not is almost non-existent at this point. And I, I'd argue at times you kind of can't even really tell the difference. Like they're so I, well done. It's just another yeah. animated movie from Disney, whether Pixar yeah. did it or Disney Animation Studios did it themselves. It's hard. And they're to great. Tell. It's, yeah. And they're great. So yeah. look, if you're getting, if it doesn't affect the finances. If it doesn't affect the ability to keep making these movies, if it makes sure everybody gets paid and they get theirs and they get their bonuses and Disney obviously is making these decisions to maximize their revenues based on all the options of distribution on the table. And it's also going back into and then hopefully that also increases the revenue that's going to the people that deserve it working on the films, then this is not a problem. I don't really have an issue as long as one theaters don't die. (laughs) And two, everybody gets compensated their fair share. So, as and if these movies continue to go to theaters, which is more reinforcement of my my first point. So, yeah. to me, it's not a huge issue. I think if people are going to raise stink about it, then it's probably because of more of the um, you know the payout structure and futzing around with some numbers. Yeah. But otherwise, it's like, does it really make a difference for the experience? If you want to watch a movie at home, watch a movie at home. I'm not going to be in the Nolan camp of this is the only way to watch the movie. It's like, no, watch wherever you want it to. Do I personally prefer watching a movie in a theater? Yes. Also, because I get highly distracted at home when I'm watching a movie otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And look, this is this is an ongoing discussion, right? It's going to happen with big tentpole movies as well. Like I'd, I'd argue mm-hmm. some of the things I'm working on where at or having those discussions about like, yeah. What are people going to do when they can watch this some other way? Should they watch it some other way, right? We're putting in detail and quality in the films that I don't think you can see on your cell phone. It doesn't mean that I don't want you to not. I want you to see it in the best form of what I've created, but I also want you to enjoy it however you want to enjoy it, right? Like, I, I'm not a, I'm kind of like you where it's like, let people watch it where they want to, but that means the quality will start to drop because if you're, if you're making content for phones versus an iMac screen at 4K, different quality level i don't need to work as hard if i'm matching stuff that's on your phone i don't it makes my Mm -hmm. life a lot easier if i get to make simulations for phone size screens versus imax screens (laughs) yeah so it's it's a tricky one like content is going to change and people are going to make specific content for specific mediums a lot of times because it's easier right like we're in a golden age of content where more people understand how to make content than ever right making starting up your own content company right today isn't is as easy as it's ever been same thing with starting up your own music studio your own podcast studio your own anything right we are in the golden age of content creation and that will change the game if disney doesn't have to spend as much money for pixar to make a big giant movie and they can get me you and another handful of people who can make the same type of film and do it for half the price what's disney going to choose right so yeah it's an interesting discussion it's worth talking about because it's where we're headed right and i think if you're working in the film industry you need to realize this is where we're headed so and i think the options are good why not? Yeah, I don't have an issue with them. Again, I watch Give most the options. Stuff at home. As long as you yeah. get to keep doing, like it goes down to the. It's like the games thing as well, right? It, it affects all industries with this distribution thing. Like, yeah. as long as as long as you get to keep making the games that you want, like people talk about Microsoft's Game Pass system being untenable. It's like, well, how much does a game cost to make? If they're if they have a pool of like at least a hundred million dollars to invest in games to put them on there, and that's going to publishers and developers to make more games. Who gives a shit if someone paid $40, $50? Like, you guarantee a revenue stream there that can allow you to make the next game. Well, cool. I guess that's the problem, You've done though, it. right? They, but they allow you, the, they give you the revenue stream to make the next game. 
But then they say, well, great, our revenue stream is dropping because, you know, we need to produce more games, but they're not expecting all this quality. And so then I'd say people like me who are at the top of their profession become not as necessary, right? Like my rate drops because they're like, well, we can get a kid out of school who can do this because we don't need your quality is awesome. We'd love to have it, but we don't need, we don't want to pay for that quality. We'll pay the See, kid I out disagree. of school. That, that's where I disagree. You need the tent poles. It's not just a, yes, you have quantity. Well, there's two, two issues with that. One, you actually, there, not everybody could just get into these services, right? There is a curation process, not, and it's different when you come to movies versus games, like games are so young now that the curation process is really tight, like what they let in versus what they not, what they don't. So they want to maintain that quality. And you still have that store. Like there's plenty of stuff that you can't get on Netflix for whatever reason. And, but you need those tent poles to grab people's attention, to get into the service. That's why Look, I, I agree to, with you. And then, and honestly, here's where the math yeah. comes from, right? You're going to, let's call it, let's say it is actually a loss in profit, right? You have to quote unquote, sacrifice something like a Pixar because you're not going to sacrifice Captain America, right? That's, that's the difference. And that's the math they have to do. They have to square that away. Again, I'd say now, I don't think it's going to be that way. I agree with you today. Right, mm-hmm. like because we're still in the middle of between a couple of different models here. This this will change, and I I I do believe just obviously being in these industries and and you know having daily experiences with this that people's bar of what's quality and what isn't and the money we spent before is starting to go away because people are like, hmm, do we really need to pay you a hundred million or can we pay you fifty because fifty is good enough. Because it keeps the machine moving. Because mm-hmm. now, like, let's look at Marvel, right? People are going to watch Marvel movies because they're in the ecosystem, right? At Marvel has become the Apple of movies. And I, I don't say that disparagingly. I'm saying it's a smart business model because now, if you care about the overall Marvel cinematic universe, you're going to watch every single Marvel movie that comes out at some point. You just are. I'm that guy. Because you care about, you've now been, how many movies? 20 plus movies they've made? Like and you've watched all of them, and you care about the yeah, you care the about TV the cinematic shows. universe. You know, there's TV shows. You know, this is leading up to some big, giant moment where the whole where all the worlds collide because every single movie has a hint to the next one, has a clue to the next one, has a reference to a previous one. So like they've got you in the ecosystem. You now you bought the iPhone, and now your house is full of Mac products. And you're like, man, if I left Mac, I'd be screwed. Google does the same thing, right? All my stuff is Google. Because I'm like, well, if I buy a Mac product, this doesn't fit into this ecosystem. I just got to keep buying more Google stuff because it all revolves around the same principles of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And do you need to then hit this crazy high quality level every single time? I'd argue that's going to start to fade because it's not necessary, right? You need to keep the content machine up. You need to make more of it. And that just means that inevitably quality is going to be different. It's going to vary from thing to thing. And so if you're a professional in these industries, you have to start worrying about schedules getting tighter. Sorry, and 27, 27. Yeah, 27 movies. movies. So, right, schedules getting tighter because it's got to fall within this place and that place. And also, the, um, yeah. sidebar, the, I, I had this thought and I was like, this is why, you know, you know what makes the, that last Matrix movie even worse is that they released 27 quality Marvel movies between the release of the Matrix Revolutions. Yeah. 
and the Matrix yeah. Resurrections, and you couldn't make one. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, but again, that's the thing, that's right? Like, I, I think, I think studios, and this is why I'm looking forward to when what happened to the music industry happens to the movie industry, right? Where you kind of move Sony Music and Warner Music and these big giant, you know, um, record labels to the side because kids can make they can make music on their in their bedroom. I'd say it already kind of happened with television. Now, again, television is there's more TV shows than ever, right? Like there's TV shows that I've been told are the like, you got to watch the show. This show's awesome. You look up, there's six seasons of it. <laughs> You're like, why have I never heard of this thing? There's six seasons of this thing. I've never heard of it before. So like we're, we're creating content at such a mass amount. I, I, like it's inevitable for film to go this way unless film is going to just turn into the top 1% where the only thing that comes out are films on in movie theaters like you said are those giant tentpole projects so you get four movie releases a year is that enough to keep a movie theater open yeah maybe maybe not i don't know so it's just it's it's an interesting moment where we are which is why i want to talk about it because i think pixar for was the name in animated features they were the one right there are all these other companies but pixar was where you went to get the one percent of one percent animated films Pixar's not that anymore. No. They're not. And is it Pixar's fault? Is it the industry's fault? Where 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 does Pixar Pixar's going to keep doing what they're doing, right? They're going to keep giving new directors and new people and I think what they were doing during the pandemic I thought was really cool where they basically let the teams them they put people in the teams. So they said, "Okay, great. We're going to we're going to have one director, we're going to have an animation person, one person's a director, one person gets to, you know, be the CG supervisor, the person who kind of gets all the computer graphic stuff together. And you guys are going to make little short films. And you're, we're going to release short films every three months. That's how we're going to run this. And stuff like that is really cool, right? You give nude, like that's how the, the woman who directed Bao now gets to direct her own movie, her own feature. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, hey, we're going to give you the responsibility of making a short. And it's a cool way to get people through that ecosystem in their company to be able to, you know, become directors and and creators themselves and win oscars and win awards but outside of that like pixar disney looks at that as just another revenue stream that can go anywhere in its platforms not just to the movie theater can go streaming could go on your phone could go on disney plus or hulu or any of the other things that disney owns right disney owns they run a fifth of the industry it's crazy if not more i'd probably argue it's probably about 30 40 percent of films that come out have some type of ties with disney yeah. Okay. So this is, so I just found out, I just looked at the story here. So it turns out turning red is actually exclusively on Disney plus. So that's yeah, where so I'm it's like, only on Disney plus. So yeah. I don't, that I don't like <laughs> that. That I yeah. don't like. And I, but I wouldn't take that issue from a studio perspective. I'd take that from a theater perspective. Like mm. you just fucked the theaters for no reason. Well, and again, they, they claimed Omicron is why they did this because they just wanted That's to That's in March when you, when it turns out right. by March 11th the theaters are going to be fine because the Omicron wave is going to subside like that's a fact. By well, March I, 11th, I just look at this and say someone looked at the financials and decided this was a better financial decision. I it's, agree and that goes back to yeah. my other point before, but I I do Yeah, it's probably a uh, see that I don't even know. I don't even know if that's true. It's, it's hard, be, right? Like for us yeah, as a consumer, it's I, impossible to tell. This stuff is all become risk? centralized what's your, and blacklisted. Yeah. What's your risk in putting this in theaters? They, for, their again, numbers were probably dropping. And they said, well, we, need, is, we, don't, we don't have a Marvel or Star Wars show in March. Put 
put turning red? That's going to be the question. Like, what comes to Disney Plus in March? But look, that this is this is my issue is because you don't know, right? This stuff is now all you centralized. Got me fired up. Now I'm fired up. Once I got all the information, yeah, it's, it's, now I got fired it's just up. it's just strange. It's just infer- it's just interesting of like Disney. They've got all these different streams of releases, and it kind of de- your content's going to be at the whim of a guy who's going to put the numbers together to decide what's the best financial decision for the company. And it's just it's just I, interesting. They're not going to release this stuff on everything. They're going to start cherry picking projects to want. Hey, this is a movie theater project because that's going to do this for us financially, or this is a streaming process because we want our Disney Plus numbers to go up in this time of the year and keep people. Like it's just it's it's a different. There's so many different models, and this is why I just I'm not a fan of all these companies, these big giant corporations having these streaming platforms that are completely centralized to them. It's weird. So yeah. All right. Yeah, but I think I don't have a solution. Just gonna, interesting to interesting to be taking a look at. I think um, I don't think I think Omicron's an excuse. I think um, looking at this one specifically in the back, I stand by everything I said, which is the approach. But I think March is nothing for Disney Plus in Marvel and Star Wars, and they need yep. a they need a revenue. They need people to stick around, and that's what they're going to use. Which, uh, yeah, sorry, theaters. That sucks. If I was AMC, I'd be pissed. If I was Regal, I'd be pissed. And look, um, sorry, you know, the people working on the film. A lot of people in, in this industry want to see their stuff on the big screen. I do. Like having, like, I, you know, I'm not as attracted as an artist working on television things or working on, like, I'm, I'm just not, right? Like working on big, giant theatrical releases is why most of us get into this industry. Now, there's plenty of people who want to work on the next Star Wars, Marvel, whatever show, right? Those people exist because they love the content. But there is a section of people like myself who go, I'm working on this so that way I can go put this thing on a giant, ridiculous screen with a proper sound system. That's the quality of stuff I'm making. If you're telling me it's going straight to your phone, I'm personally not as interested in it. Fair. All right. So should we move on? Yeah. Again, we've got Uh, a... This is a long one. You guys are treated because I've got no work. (laughs) So... (laughs) So what? Uh, any you got anything else? No games. I uh, still need to play Shimagami Tensei. I will start that before my holiday is over. I promise. But we we have been playing quite a bit of Halo. Yes, <laughs> yes. And and I'm getting good. The the old fast twitch muscle fibers are coming back. You ended on a good note last night. I did. We had some I rough did. ones though. Let's I be did. real. How it works. <laughs> the, kid, the kids are good. Having fun though, really, really digging it. Haven't played a multiplayer game like this for a long, 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 long yeah. time. But yeah, it I'm, is. I'm it's enjoying it. Having a good time. Um, as for me, I started playing Chorus on PS5. Um, it's also on Series X, also on PC. This is kind of a weird one for me to play. I don't know why I had the itch to play something like this, but I'm having a blast. It's a kind of space dogfighting game. I guess it's kind of similar. I played through Star Wars Squadrons last year. And this one is a lot more arcadey, easy to pick up and play. Looks great. Lots of fun. Um, Very melodramatic story looped in and an absolute banger of a main theme that starts playing in the main menu. And I'm like, oh, these guys blew like a shit ton of money to have this orchestrated theme song at the beginning. And it's incredible. Um, The game kind of squeaked out on uh, in early December. It's this very open space opera type story i guess you wouldn't necessarily call it a space opera but it's just flying dogfighting shooting things you got like you get some special powers along the way to teleport and drift in space there's um 
there's some really cool stuff in there. I'm having a blast. It's a lot of fun. Um, January is kind of quiet for new releases, so it's a good time to jump in there. And I recommend it if anybody likes that kind of gameplay. It's cool. Is it only on PS5? No, no. PS5, Xbox, and uh, PC. Okay, cool. Yeah, maybe I'll get yeah. this one. Looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Um, it Like I said, very melodramatic. Like they start with all this lore. Like you're this woman who is in, there's like this cult of um, in space that's going around just wreaking havoc, space destroying. Cult. Yeah. So like you start off and your, your character was, had a hand in blowing up a planet for whatever reason. And then she's like hiding out and in some other place. And now all of a sudden she, she's starting to lead this fight against the cult. And along the way, you're getting back your special powers. You're talking to your ship, uh, who's this like AI system, and she's always talking to herself. That's one of the probably the only annoying thing about the game that I that's kind of bothered me is while the story is not bad, I actually for a game like this, I didn't expect anything. I thought, oh, this is gonna be a good podcast game, but I find myself actually listening to the audio because again, the soundtrack is great, even though it's just kind of one song used in various overture um, moments, but the um, but the story is actually pretty cool. The characters are interesting and it moves along pretty well, but all of a sudden, like your character will often talk to herself. So she'll say something. So someone will say something, she'll say something, and then she'll just whisper to herself like really intensely. <laughs> like, um, like, yeah. All right, cool. We, thank you. It's like, they shouldn't be thanking me. It's like, okay, well, wait, got it. <laughs> And it's constantly the same exact thing like that, where it's very dour about how she's like worthless, where it's like, oh, uh, like, man, you're, we're finally going to get out of this thing, but I'm not going to get out of this thing. It's like, OK, all right. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> why are you so do I so dark all the time? Like at one point, we're already like many hours into this journey here. Like, get it, have it a little levity, you know? But no, it, it's, it's very serious, very straight and narrow. Um, but very cool, fun game. I like it. Um, under the radar, and uh, yeah, so I, reckon I like that one. And then on Switch, I thought this one was going to be fast, and I said, "All right, I'm going to do a bit of a." I didn't want to be playing. I didn't start Shin Megami Tensei Five. I own it. I didn't buy it because I didn't uh, start it yet because I didn't want to play it while I was playing Tales of Arise. So I started a game. I started Unsighted, which is a pixel art style. Um, it's kind of a Metroidvania game, but it's isometric perspective, a um, bit more hack and slash and gameplay. The pixel art is incredible. It's really incredible. But I'm like, this game's going to be pretty quick. Uh, I'm a few hours into it already, and I still have a few more to go. So it's taking a little longer than expected. Uh, but the game's really, really good. Writing's interesting. There's an option where it, you basically play as this android, and there's a whole bunch of robots on the planet now and they're all at risk of becoming unsighted which means that they lose control and become bad guys and you got to kill them and there's an option in the game so everybody that you meet including yourself has a has a timer where they basically have an hourly clock before they become unsighted themselves and you could keep the option on to have that timer actually mean something so anybody in the game can become unsighted and then become a villain to you and then there's also the option to turn that off if you actually want to play the game at your own pace which i did but cool concept 
Um, but I also was like, eh, just wrapped around the way I like to play these games, especially on my Switch. I don't want to feel like I have this constant pressure. So I had it on for maybe 20 minutes before I was like, okay, I don't really understand how this clock works. It's not real time because if it was real time, I wouldn't have to worry about any of this. But once I die, I lose hours. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. So, but other than that, it's not a bad thing. And the fact they give you the option to turn it off is amazing. I think that's a really wise decision. The game's great. Looks beautiful. Some of some of the best um, pixel art I've seen in games. The cutscenes are actually really impressive as well, and how they use the pixel art presentation. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've been enjoying that so far. Yeah, cool. I think they were they made some comments on social media saying how they felt they were you know overlooked or something like that. And um, yeah, they're probably right because this game's great. It's also on Game Pass, so if anybody has Xbox and Game Pass, you could just play it there. But I paid for it on Switch. And it's uh, it's fun. It's a good time. Yeah, cool. And that's it. Just that and a bunch of Halo. Oh, and one other thing I'll say. uh, A mobile. Sliding Seas. Probably one of the easiest puzzle games I've ever played, but it's a great time killer. It's uh, one of these merge puzzle games, but very cute, very fun. Oh, and I lied. There is one more thing, and I'll stop here. Wordle. If you haven't yes, played Wordle, I'm, I'm playing Wordle as well. Me and Alice are playing Wordle. Oh, you're playing Wordle. Yeah, I'm playing how many, Wordle. How many days have you been? Uh, have you been uh, at I it? I got to look at it. It's been a while. Alice has been playing from like the beginning. Um, oh wow! But let me because it's a big Twitter thing. I think. Um, yeah, because you post your um, yeah you your, your the way you let can share your score. Yeah, I haven't done the side. Wordle for today. I've done eleven days in a row. Let's see. I think I've done like nine. How do you see? If you're not familiar with Wordle, you can go there. It's at powerlanguage.co.uk slash Wordle, or you can just Google Wordle, W-O-R-D-L-E. That's weird. How do you see your history? Because it just wants me to play a new game. I guess I'll see. I think it's like 10 in a row. Once I play, it shows me. I I think for the most part, I'm averaging four guesses. Yeah. So Um, the last two days, I've had probably the worst ones. I had uh, six six guesses but i've gotten there i've gotten the puzzle every day yeah i don't i think uh, i've maybe had i've either never had six or it's been like once and most of mine i've had a couple of threes a couple of fives but it's mostly four like i think i like if there's been 10 games like eight of them have been with four <laughs> yeah so of my 11 i've had two threes four fours two fives and three sixes two of those yeah. which were the last 48 hours um but this game's fun it's good it and fun. i like that it's just it's one a day i got Brittany playing them but the funny thing is, the real funny thing is, is that this used to be a game show network show. Oh, really? Like, this idea of Wordle's not new. Um, there was a right. show. It's the same as the password thing. What's yes. that called? There, there's a game, and it's funny, I, I forget this name, because I just looked this up. It was like, Alice was showing me, I was like, this, is, this was a word show, net, this is a game show network game, where you basically, people would sit up there and put those guesses up. And it was like a whole thing where it's like you had to sort of you pick balls out of a it was something bingo, um, bingo word game, word game game show network. What's the name of this? It was called Lingo. L i n g o is the name of this show. So it was the Wordle, but with bingo attached to it. So mm. you'd go through and pick the letters, and it would show you which ones were in the word but in the wrong space, the same way mm-hmm. that Wordle does. So it's a little bit of a all right like and again the story of how this dude there's a new york times article of this guy had made this game for his girlfriend mm-hmm. and like he didn't expect this to blow up which is why it's kind of like on power language that go <laughs> that, that uk 
um, because he was like, no, I just was making a game and it's something that we could play together and it blew up into this big thing. So, yeah, it's fun though. And I think the best thing about it is how you can share your results without giving away the game. That's the best thing about this is that, is that grid of colors. Yeah. And that's because for a long time, people were posting that thing on Twitter. I'm like, what in the hell is this? Like, is and this? then yeah. finally figured it out, jumped on. I was like, oh, that's great. And just one a day. That's the best thing about it. Everybody's playing the same word every day. What's your uh, what's your starting word? Uh, so my strategy has been to find words with, this, with, with at least three vowels, three different mm-hmm. vowels. Because that at least kind of gets me started. Now, this could be why I get it in four, because, you know, I'm not taking necessarily a wild guess of consonants. But for me, I try to get the vowels out of the way. Yeah. Right? Right so mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll pick a first word and I'll pick an A and E and an I. Or I'll pick a word like poise, right? That's O and I and E. Oh. And if none of those show up, then I know, okay, this starts to pull it down to what this could be, possibly some double letters, right? So, like, it, that's kind of how I, that's how I, that's how I've been starting. Now, I might switch it up. Um, because I want to try to get at least a, a bit more three. I'd love to be consistently getting them in three instead of four. Yeah. So I've been doing um, Arise as the first one because that does a similar uh, strategy. Yeah. But today I tried, I saw something on Twitter. Someone was saying he does something. Don't tell like me. Te- don't, yeah, don't tell me the word. Don't tell me the no, word. No, I'm not going to tell you the I'm word. I'm just saying yeah, he, okay. does, he does something like teams because it's a plural and it gets the, and it would S, confirm, right. like you get a couple vowels, you get the highest, uh, occurring vowels um, you get a high you get some high occurring uh, consonants and you've established whether or not it's a plural or not from the beginning right and that was interesting but trying that one. today led me to six guesses so okay cool <laughs> stick with your strategy that's All right. what I well, say. now that you're pl- now that you're playing now that I know that you're playing I'll uh, I'll do this after we get off the podcast and uh, try to solve one yeah some of the results all right cool good stuff all right well Let's wrap that up. We went long, but you know, we covered a lot of stuff. We solved a lot of problems. Um, what it, what, what problems did we solve here? Let's do a recap here. Um, buy fart NFTs, jump the fair because you won't go to prison and keep play movie theaters alive and keep, keep movie theaters alive. There. Yeah, there you go. Okay, great. I'm glad we solved that. Anyway, if you like the podcast and you got this far, God damn. You, you spent two hours and 17 minutes of your time listening to us talk about nonsense. And if you did that, you could probably take another minute, let's say, to review us. You could do that on Spotify. You could do us on iTunes. That would be wonderful. We'd love it. We'd like, the, we'd like the praise. And if you got bad stuff to say, well, you know, just, you know, message us directly. That would be a better way to do it. You don't need to tell people publicly that you don't like us. Just keep that shit to yourself, actually. Anyway. <laughs> no, no. Just send Jason a message. He'll answer. Yeah, just send me a message. That's fine, too. Until next time. This podcast is over.